The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Fill her up! You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the f*** up. <laughs> You're listening to Believe You Me with Michael the Count Bisbing. You know my name yet? And Anthony Lionheart-Smith. I'm going to take the straw out because I just I just can't do it. I don't know if, and I guess we'll start the show with this. How are you, everybody? This is the Believe in Me podcast. <laughs> when I'm at this the gym, I'm behind the scenes. <laughs> it's behind the scenes, but we're rolling. I can't do it through the straw. Just take a sip, Anthony. Through my fa- my wife's fancy Stanley. Yeah, I just feel weird. I don't know there's what it is. Man- there's nothing manly about that. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Like when I'm in a bar, which I used to be, I don't frequent them these days. You order a cocktail, they always give you a straw in it. I will not drink my cocktail through a straw. Where do you stand on this debate, Anthony? Yeah, I noticed that when we were in Vegas, we were getting those Moscow mules and I was using the straw and I was like, well, I look like a fucking douchebag over here because Mike's <laughs> over here just taking it like a man. <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed it. There was definitely no judgment. I wasn't looking at you going, wow, I am reevaluating my stance on Anthony Smith. I can't believe he's drinking a muscular mule through a straw. Well, well, just remove that, Anthony, please. Uh, (laughs) Just forget that bit never happened. Uh, Welcome to the show, everybody. Hope you are all well. How are you doing, Anthony? You had some rest? Yeah, I finally got some rest. Man, there's a, a funky ass sickness going around with all these kids, like in their school. It's like half the school's out with like some 24 hour stomach bug. Oof. So I had to go pick up one of my kids from school today. Um, she just got a headache and she just, you know, you can tell when they just don't feel good. They're just acting kind of weird, you know? Um, so yeah, she's upstairs watching TV, hanging out, probably playing hooky. But yeah, other than that, man, things are, things are good. We're back at it. I'm back in, back in training. So nice back, back in training already. See what a guy, what a guy. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I, we'll get back to that in a second. When you say that with the kids, like Lucas is an expert of coming in in the morning and going, I've got a headache. I've got mm-hmm. a headache. And Rebecca is so soft. She said, Oh, I've really, I've got, I'm like, no, no, he's going to school. Do you not understand what he's doing right now? Do you know what I mean? So maybe your kids are just full of it. Yeah, they, they might don't. be. They might be. They might. Hey, you know, I got a question since we're on the, the kids topic. I think sometimes people don't mind listening to us talk about regular shit. Hmm. Did you ever have any problems with your kids with like bullies or or people being mean or, or, or bullying them because of who you are? Do you know what? To be honest, I was very lucky with that. Uh, I don't think in general they were ever bullied. And that's not because, oh, they're so tough or nothing. Like Callum now is a big, strong man. Mm-hmm. But he, he was, he was, oh, no, sorry. No, no, no. What am I saying at primary school, elementary yeah, yeah, yeah. He used to get bullied a lot then, actually, because he's very mild-mannered. He still is to this day, you know. You won't want to get on the wrong side of him because, as I say, he's a beast these days. But he's so mild-mannered and calm like his like his mother. And I think a lot of people see that as weakness. And all these kids, they, they, they would, and they were spitting on him, and they were rubbing crap in his hair, and there were all kinds of stuff going on. And Rebecca went in one day to speak to the teacher, and the teacher said, well, Callum needs to toughen up. And Rebecca never gets mad. 
right? She's very, as I say, that's where Callum gets it from. And she says, excuse yeah. me, my son does not need to toughen up because those kids are just being bullies. Excuse right. me. I mean, that's just ridiculous. But why do you ask, Anthony? Oh, you know, just just going. I, I don't want to say bullied. I don't know if bullied is the. She's having some issues. Like my oldest, my fifth fifth grade, I think is tough, especially for girls. They're getting into this this age where they're all starting to go through puberty. There's all the hormones. They're yep. they're starting to click up a little bit. And she just have it was just popped in my head because we've had a couple of meetings at the school that she's having an issue with like one girl who's just, listen my my eleven year old is five nine she's a big kid she's five nine probably weighs 120 pounds she wears a size 11 in women's shoe she's a big she's a grown-ass woman it's not so, a competition but lucas is 12 and he's five ten and wears a 12 you know see well they're big kids they're big kids <laughs> so yeah, this and this other girl's really little and, and she's just an asshole to my kids so i was just thinking about that you know i feel like i've been up at the school a bunch so i had to go pick up the five-year-old and then Dealing with the other shit is just a. Has she been coming home kind of upset and down? Very, very. It, it's just weighing. She's 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 a lot like Callum. Like she's very quiet, very polite, very mild mannered. You know, mm. not a whole lot bothers her. So you know, at first I I think I was kind of an asshole about it. You know, she was complaining about it, and then I go off like, well, there's all these kids. They don't got fucking friends, and they don't got. You know, there's kids that are sent home with meals because they don't have food at home and like you guys are complaining about where to sit at lunch like this is stupid but it turned yeah. out to be a whole lot more serious than that and so i just well, i don't know i just popped in my head so i was thinking about it no 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 absolutely and and it's so important to keep on top of that stuff because like for us we kind of push it to one side and think ah, it's just kid stuff but right. inside their young and with respect immature minds you right. know it's it's feels it can be and sadly you know, people bloody commit suicide over this stuff. It's, yeah, it's at, that at that no, age. At that age. Yeah, no, I, I, it's yeah. crazy. Well, it feels to them like the world is crashing down on them. And, and exactly. to me, I kind of push it off. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Stop worrying about it. Like, just ignore her. Stay away from her. It's, it's whatever. You know, but mm. then the little shit started bothering me. Like, the same girl, they're telling secrets over here, like little girls. And then one of the other girls, Arias says, well, you know, what are they, what are they, what, are they, what is she talking about? And she said, Oh, she just said that you're a spoiled brat and, and, and your dad's rich. <laughs> I was like, that's coming from parents. That's not oh, coming. Sure. That's coming from parents or like, yeah, like she's a spoiled brat and you're, you're, you're spoiled. Oh, you're, she said she was a spoiled brat because her dad's rich and famous. <laughs> like that's not coming from kids. That That's, is not coming from her. It's coming from the father. And because right. it's coming from the father, you could do the old classic one. You know what the classic one is, don't you? You go around, you see the fucking dad. You have a little <laughs> word in his ear. So, right. yeah, I am rich and famous. And you know why I'm rich and famous? For kicking people's asses in the octagon. Right. And if you don't have a word with your daughter, you're going to mm -hmm. find yourself... Well, he's got some. He's got, he's got some stupid fucking band too. Apparently, uh, like a couple of the teachers were like wearing my like one of my fight shirts. Name it in the band. We know the power of the. Oh, I can't do that. I know. I know. No, we we're not the there yet. Now, we're not there yet. Time. But um, we're. I mean, we keep this shit keeps up though. Shit keeps up. We're gonna sick the believers on some motherfuckers. Right, here's what we're gonna do. Here's another trip that's never gonna happen. We're all gonna jump on the plane. We're gonna go to the gig the next time they're performing, and we are gonna just trash the bar. We're gonna <laughs> smash the guitars over the head. Yeah, fucking crazy. Parenting is hard, Mike. Parenting is hard. It is. Do you know? To be honest, we've been really lucky. 
we've been really lucky. There was something that happened last week. Did we talk about this? My son's wrestling friend. No, I don't think so. Oh, it's it's awful. It's so awful. But I do want to mention it because I feel like, and and this sounds like a stupid statement. So Callum's on a wrestling team at San Francisco State, mm-hmm. and. One of his teammates, Hamza. Oh, God, I feel so bad. His last name's forgiving, uh, escaping me at the minute. But Hamza, his friend, who's Callum's best friend. Um, and I know in the comments, oh, must be some friend. I've never met the kid. I've never met the kid. Um, they all went to the ocean to do a cold plunge. Went in the ocean. They were going to do a cold plunge and then run up this huge hill and do hill sprints. They went in the ocean. It was freezing cold, more than what they expected. So they all come running out. Young Hamza, 22 years old, beautiful kid, was coming out, went underneath because the water was so rough, popped mm-hmm. back up a second, then a huge wave came, swept him away. Never been seen since. No the helicopters way. searched for two days and um, called off the search eventually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, Mike. That's fucking terrible. And then, like, I, I mean, we we... I'm on the verge of crying right now because it's so sad. And, and and this is kind of why I wanted to talk about it. A, because when you're 21, 22 years old, you think you're indestructible, yeah. don't you? You yeah. know, but look at that. So please, I know it sounds obvious, don't mess around with the ocean, but you think you can because you're, you're 22 years old, big guy, wrestler, strong. You know yeah. what I mean? And not fucking off doing something stupid. Like this, this is a, a productive training thing. Like yes. They're taking care of themselves. They're, they're, they're being great young men. Being great young men, there was no coaches there. They just did it by themselves, got swept away. And then the sad thing is, and this is, you know, I mean, it's just not being reported on, obviously so, but for the parents, I can only imagine what they're going through. Callum's beside himself. Rebecca's crying herself to sleep every night. We never even met the kid. Can I imagine what he lived with his girlfriend? The parents were just must, you know, and it's just not being mentioned, you know. So I, we want to try and do something to bring some awareness to it, start a foundation, do something to help. But right. you know, you, and the, the crazy thing is, I'm sure as a parent, you're going, I mean, that's so easily could have been your own. You yes. Know? Like, well, actually, Callum wasn't there. He wasn't there. Oh, okay. And again, fortunately, well, because he never, yeah. he never had to experience it. But you know what people are like, and, and we'll move off because it's very depressing. And the tone of this podcast is not that. We like to have fun, but we do like to have real discussions sometimes. But you know, there's always asshole trolls online. Mm-hmm. Callum actually got interviewed by the local news. And they did a piece and because Callum was down there at the ocean. As soon as he heard, they all went down and they were looking, staying vigilant. He was at a, he was at like a, a candlelight vigil a couple of nights ago. So sad. And he did an interview with the local news talking about him. And and all everyone in the comments, because Callum's had a look at it online, because mm-hmm. you do that when you're not used to being on TV and stuff. They're like, oh, look at him. He kind of smirked when he said that word. Wouldn't surprise me if he had something to do with it. I said, Callum, it's just idiots online. Please just don't. Idiots. It's just It's just idiots. But, you know, he's upset about it. To him and anybody else, don't read the fucking comments. Don't read the comments. It's hard, though, because I see those mother effers in our comments. They love you. They hate me. They love oh, you. Dude, go, they- go, go, go search some comments these days after my oh. my, my fatscapade. <laughs> <laughs> the fatscapade. Yeah. Fat yeah. Smith. I took a quick look and I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I don't read the comments. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, generally, you're very popular, Anthony. Regardless, I cannot do anything right. Uh, but still, speaking of a man that can't seem to do anything right these days, I guess we've got to get into this 
And it's, you know what, it's very scandalous and it's it's a big, big story. So obviously we'll talk about it. Conor McGregor, I'm sure you saw the news. Uh, yeah. Harrington, I'll let you read out the statement because I'd rather you say it because I don't like to try and jump on. And and I, I, I'll be honest, as of right now, I don't have much judgment about it because you never know. You mm-hmm. never know. But Harrington, how are you? Welcome to the show, my friend. And... um. I am doing, I'm doing excellent. Um, still, okay. still got the Instagram filter, I see. What do you mean? Well, the look of you, Anthony, yeah. what would you say? Is that a Clarendon? I would say that he doesn't look that good ever. Unless he's not cl- here. He's got the Clarendon filter. filter, or maybe it's a little Amaro, something like yeah. that. But you're definitely <laughs> you looking some, like you. you got some amber light in your face, for sure. <laughs> yeah, Just I got a lighting out. It's a, anyway, uh, go on, go on. Give us the story, Harrison. We're only teasing. You do look- okay. Filtered. <laughs> so a a woman uh, from from Dublin claims that uh, she was in Ibiza uh, and she ran into Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor recognized her from like the neighborhood of Dublin. Uh, he invited her onto his yacht, uh, and uh, her statement is this: His whole behavior changed, and he became very aggressive. Without further further provocation, according to this account, he kicked her with the instep just below her navel and punched her in the chin. The first blow caused her to fall to the ground and hurt her wrist. Then he jumped on her and said, I'm going to ground you. Who do you think you are? Um, so apparently after this, to uh, out of fear, she jumped off of the boat and into the Mediterranean and she had to be rescued uh, by authority. Yeah, and then apparently at the time she declined. This is in the story. I'm just elaborating on what Harrington missed there. She didn't initially press charges, but when she got back to Ireland she decided to pursue charges then. Anthony, I've spoken a lot. I'll let you have the first take. Yeah, so I I try to tiptoe really, really carefully around some of this stuff until it's, you know. Until someone's charged. Until he's charged or convicted or or whatever. Because who knows? Like when you're, and this isn't me sticking up for Connor. This isn't me saying he did or didn't do it. I'm saying when Mm -hmm. when you're a powerful person, when you're super, super rich, and you're in a position of fame like Connor is, people will say anything to to either get money or get clout or or whatever. And I and again, I'm not saying that that's what this girl is doing, but it it's not fair to to just believe everybody for, like forthright every single time. Like you got to kind of let it play out. There's two sides, so I'm not gonna. The we all know how <laughs> how well Connor and I get along, but. I'm also not in a, in a position to to just crucify him for something that we don't actually know is true or not. So, uh, but the allegations are fucking horrible. I mean, yeah. it, it, the allegations well are terrible. It's it's that's 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 terrible. And and if that is something that happened to her, I'm, I'm I feel for her. I'm very very yeah. sorry, and that sucks. But um, just gotta let it play out and see what happens. Of course, Connor denied it. I did see that that his management team or, or someone came out and said that that there was totally untrue. So uh, I hope just in general, I hope that it's not true because that's that, that would be a terrible thing for someone like Connor to do. Yeah. As you say, you worded it well, the allegations are terrible. So Mm -hmm. if we are to believe, and again, if we are to believe that he did that, then the the man's an out, out scumbag. Simple as that, right? I mean, that's just awful behavior. We don't need to go through it, right? It doesn't take a scientist to work out that that is. And and, and if he did, if he did, then I hope he gets what's coming to him. But it is an allegation. 
Mm-hmm. And you are absolutely right. Connor has such an astronomical level of fame. It's insane. And of course, with the fame comes a ridiculous amount of money as well. And people want that. And I'm not saying, because I saw somebody talking about it on YouTube. I was led on the couch yesterday listening to it. It was True Geordie. I don't know if you know who he is. Mm-hmm. He, he was talking about it. And he was saying the same thing. And I think most level-headed people have to look at it from this perspective. Now, of course, there's no smoke without fire. The reality is there's been quite a bit of fire lately. You know what I mean? (laughs) That doesn't tip well in his favor. Uh, And and I was listening to True Geordie, and he was saying a similar thing. And I said the similar thing because I reported it on my YouTube channel. You know, we have to let the investigation play its course, let the police look into it and see what happened. She did jump off a yacht. She was rescued by the Coast Guard. So that is, you know, I mean, there's already a little bit of credibility to what she said, but who knows? Maybe she's just a mentalist and that was all part of her plan. Uh, but Rebecca overheard it and she said that that's disgusting. What you, me and you were doing now, what the true Geordie did. She said, how do you think that makes her feel? I'm like, well, yeah, I understand that if it's true. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that it's true just yet. You know, yeah. I've had people come after me. I've spoke about it. This little prick got in my face, made all kinds of threats in the gym, and I lost my temper, and I grabbed him by the neck. I just grabbed him. I, I, he was screwing his face up and saying, you better watch your back. I know where you live and all this crap. And in the end, I just grabbed him by the throat. I shouldn't have done it. As soon as I did that, he made up, ah, help, he's trying to choke me out. And then he sued me, right? He sued me, UFC, William Morris Endeavor, issued 24-hour fitness, all of them for a million dollars each, saying he can't sleep at night. And all there's there's people like that. Mm -hmm. There's people like that. And famous people have it. Fighters have it. Connor's had it before. You know, now granted he's done things. He's done things that make stuff like this kind of believable, though. I don't mean this level, like the old guy in the bar and stuff. Right, he loses a little bit of, uh, he, he loses the benefit of the doubt. In a lot Correct. of situations. Now, if they a story had came out and said Connor was drunk and punched some random guy, I'd be like, Yeah, fuck him. Like that's probably yeah, 100%. Him. that's probably him. But Francisco Facinetti, just... the DJ in Italia. Did you see <laughs> this, this Anthony? I didn't. You did not see this. It was a big no. story last year. He was at the party and uh France, uh, same in fact, same kind of thing. They were all together, they went back mm-hmm. to an after party. This is according to Francisco Facinetti and the Italian news and the media. Um, and then at some point, yes, it, it was a big story, Anthony, last oh, year. I missed it. Uh, maybe the, yeah, yeah. And then he just flipped on this DJ. He's like a TV celebrity, and he's yeah. a very famous DJ, apparently, in Italy. Yeah, just fucking flipped on him. He just and just, just batted. They were getting along, apparently. And according to Francisco Fascinetti, <laughs> he just flipped and smashed his head in. <laughs> oh, Which I'm not laughing at. I'm just like, right. so, you know. And then uh, like it's possible. If if it comes out to be possible, if it comes out to be true, I'll come right back on here with you and we'll fucking bury him. Oh, yeah, oh, for sure. 100%. So, yeah, it's all speculation and it's all accusation mm-hmm. and it's all alleged right now. So, well, let's, I guess we'll see how that one plays out. Mm-hmm. But. Hey, Mike, uh, before we get to the next topic, your ear, do you have earbuds? I'm getting oh, talk back. I don't have the headphones in. Is this a big problem, Brian? Please say no. It's it's not a huge problem if we clear it up now. No, we, oh oh, you don't even have to edit this bit out. No. Anthony shows up all professional <laughs> with his headphones on. Got the headphones. Got the fucking microphone. Like a real professional. I mean, the I've only done this for God knows how long. The bits and bobs. Um, so from one Conor McGregor story to another one, you see that he came out and uh, apparently he's been offered. A coaching role on the Ultimate Fighter. 
Oh shit! Yeah, I did see that. It was like a Instagram post or something, right? Apparently, so Harrington. What is what level of? Uh, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? What level of validity? Validity. Does this story have? You're so smart. <laughs> He's so smart. Yeah, dude. I got Google on my back. Um, okay. So what he said was he posted a picture of himself looking like all sucked out and, and when he was fighting a featherweight. And he said, you know, this was me like right before I walked into the tough house. I had like just beaten Chad Mendez for the for the, the interim title, um, et cetera, et cetera. And he essentially just talked about how uh, the immersion of the ultimate fighter house is something that he would welcome. Right. Like if you're serious about getting into martial arts, there's nothing more immersive in, in the mixed martial arts game than the ultimate fighter house. So he did welcome that kind of structure uh, as he's, you know, getting towards his comeback tour. So potentially be coaching the ultimate fighter again. I think that would be massive for the yeah, ultimate fighter. They kind of what it needs, you know, to really give it that injection, get the eyeballs on it. I think it would be good for Connor as well. Cause he's been away from the sport for a while. Obviously he's ballooned up majorly in a perfect world. Anthony, who would be, the opposite coach. Anthony, uh, Hamilton and Brian, I'll throw the question to you boys as well for an inclusive podcast. I'd, I'd love to see Michael Chandler. I'd like, to see, I'd like to see Michael Chandler. I don't know how... Is the fighter house inclusive for sure? But is it for Connor? Like, he's not staying in the house. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't you don't stay like, in the house. I, I, don't know. I coached so, it twice. So, you have a well, I mean, Connor will be staying in a McMansion, right? You have a nice little apartment there, you know. Mm -hmm. You live in Vegas for two months, it, yeah, you can so have seven, some eight, seven, eight weeks in Vegas. Sounds like a yeah, I not, came out not great idea. <laughs> it sounds I like came, not a great I idea. I came back 20 pounds heavier and my liver screaming <laughs> for a, a break. Oh, I'm sure, but yeah, um, I don't know how great that is for Connor, but yeah, yeah. If you didn't punch that lady. There might be another story coming out in Vegas. <laughs> but uh, I, I thought Michael Chandler, Jorge Masvidal. That'd be, oh, a, that'd be one. a great yeah. one. For for reality TV, Masvidal is perfect. Masvidal's the one. I mean, obviously, he's got that situation with um, Colby. Yeah, he's got his own situation. It's still ongoing. But if they could do that, that would be massive. Because he, number one, could you? Masvidal doesn't take no crap. You know what I mean? He's got in my face many times. We've come this close to like getting into blows a few times because he's come at me. We're good now. But you got to respect that about him, you know. Mm -hmm. He's about that life, so to speak. And so is McGregor, if you will. So them two, that would be fireworks. I don't think McGregor's going to fight 155 anytime soon. So mm -hmm. fight with Masvidal at 170. Both strikers, in terms of a matchup that Connor could win, be tough for him, though. That right. ticks all the boxes. That's a great fight. It's a fantastic fight at the end. I think Masvidal's just built for reality TV because he's mm -hmm. he is so real. And Connor's so quick on his feet, and and Masvidal's kind of got that you know that gangster mentality where he doesn't he's he, no one's gonna fuck with him. I think it'd be good TV. I actually like that better than the Michael Chandler one. Yeah, yeah, no, me too. Um, I don't know if they could afford. I mean, listen, the UFC can afford Connor, of course they can, but to for, for him to give up as long as it takes to go to Vegas. He'd want something like bloody three, four, five yeah. million dollars, I would assume. I'm not sure if he would get that. I don't know, but still, it's not our business. Uh, Anthony, uh, sorry, Harrington and Brian, any thoughts on who the other coach could be? I mean, dude, you, Jorge Masvidal is, is the one that makes all the sense in the world. Um, yeah, I can't, I just cannot think of. Yeah. 
I mean, Colby Covington, maybe. Colby Covington might be kind of fun. Just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but he, doesn't, he doesn't want to fight Colby Covington, though. He's just going to get no. out wrestled, taken down, <laughs> mounted, dry humped, and beat to a pulp. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's enough Connor talk for now. Okay. Well, I was just trying to think. I mean, he went against Uriah and didn't end up fighting him. So who else? Like John Jones? Are you listening to the founder Tony. of this podcast? I said that is enough Conor McGregor talk, Harrington. My bad. Can't do that. <laughs> um, as we know, and I'm yet to see the video, I'm talking about these kids getting punched in the stomach with a tire, Brian. So if you want to cue that one up. Yeah, there's always oh, I've seen this. I, I haven't seen it yet. I saw it oh, online. I'm so glad we're going to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. So let's play the video because apparently I was going to throw it up and tee it up to you with a question, but I haven't even seen it yet. So, yeah, apparently there's a bit of a backlash. Uh, some coach smacking kids in the stomach. Uh, Anthony, I'll let you talk while Brian tees it up because I haven't actually seen it. Well, I've just seen the clip of it, but it looks like there's he's got all these kids, and I remember looking at it and thinking how young they all were. Like, if he's got adults and they're going to lay there and take it, fuck them. Let, let them do it. But I, I, I believe it was a bunch of pretty young kids, and he's got a tire, and he's – it's like, you know, like you see back in the day, the older days, we'd stand there and you put your hands up here and people – and you take some body shots like body work. Yep. I don't even know if that shit actually works. But it was like a toughen you up type of drill, and he's got this big tire. And he's just smacking these kids like in the stomach with this. And it's like pretty hard too. And these are, they're little kids. They're not, I mean, they're not five-year-olds, but they're also, they're not, not all of them are teenagers. I don't Mm. think. Yeah. Yeah. And what you're trying to do is make them enjoy it and give them a reason to come back when you're that age. You want them to fall in love with martial arts and it'd be a positive community uh, uh, building experience, you know, not beat the crap out of them. And they literally have nightmares and never want to go back. Um, you know, you see that shit in other countries. Oh, here we, go. we need sound, Brian. We need sound. Yeah, see, there's a couple older ones there, but like that kid, that kid's young. Boom! Like, that got him in the balls. Like the balls. Like that kid's young. He didn't want that. Look at him. Do you it's know just... what? Now I oh. see. I don't know if it's that bad. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, I don't know if it's that bad though, because you know what? A lot of them are smiling, and you know, like teenage boys. Yeah, they enjoy that stuff, don't they? They get a kick out of it. But I think that that's what leads into this other shit that you see. Like you've seen that some of this other stuff that's come out of these other countries where coaches are just think he's got one glove on and he's just beating the shit out of them or he's got two and he's like like doing chin strengthening exercise. Like what? What fucking year is it? (laughs) You know what I mean? I, I keep seeing a lot of videos online of people. It's always in like some crazy. Uh, spin-off country of Russia or something, mm-hmm. or maybe somewhere like you know in China or Mongolia or somewhere, and there's a dude there, and they're just going doosh, 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 with, with gloves on, really, mm-hmm. and then they go to the next person. Doosh, doosh. It's like, what are you doing? You're just giving them brain damage. You are right. not. Twenty twenty three. There's enough goddamn medical research now to knows to to understand what that's doing. We are not conditioned. That is not how you condition a jaw. You cannot <laughs> condition a jaw. Mm-mm. So I don't know what. You're trying to achieve. What's like one of the best drills you've ever done in uh, anything like that, Anthony, throughout your career? Like for like toughness or just? I don't know. You just like conditioning or anything like that. Is there something that you've done that always stuck out? Yeah, it's it sucks. My jujitsu coach has always always made me. You you, and we've talked about this before. Training with fresh guys every every round or Mm -hmm. every minute or whatever. I this is why I hate training camps. I love training, Mike. I, I love everything about martial arts. I love jujitsu. 
I, I, I love the striking practices. I even love drilling hard. What I hate is always being in a bad position and getting the shit kicked out of me for eight <laughs> weeks. That's the, yeah. it's, I'm never put in, I'm, I'm so excited to fight, not because I give a shit about beating that up, uh, beating up that other guy. I'm excited to start in a neutral position. That's what I'm excited mm. about. Like to actually have an opportunity to win because I, they'll, ha, they'll put a, a jujitsu black belt on my back it's all I can do to escape. And as soon as I'm out, they bring in a fresh one and put them back right back in the same spot. And then it's like, it's eight weeks yeah. of that in different positions. And, and so those kind of training sessions, I'm so, I, I was, fuck. And, <laughs> and I hate those ones as well, because, you know, we all have egos and our ability as fighters. You I know. lose three and, weeks. Yeah, you lose. And it pisses <laughs> you off. And those guys... They they like oh I tapped him out yeah I tapped yeah him out. They, yeah they yeah. go home to their girlfriends they're like yeah. oh I beat the shit out of Anthony today got like, it yeah, three you, times you today. and ten other black belts bro you started in the most advantageous <laughs> position hooks in back taken seatbelt mm -hmm. grip choke <laughs> me out <laughs> do you know what I mean there's a right. good chance you were gonna get me you prick oh dear oh dear right. um, or they'll do shit like when we're sparring well they'll you'll go into like a full MMA sparring round. But you can't use all your right weapons or something. So it's like jabs and like yeah, you're handicapped. Camp. You're yeah. handicapped the whole time. So like, I just spend the entire training camp losing to everybody. It doesn't matter who yeah. it is. There's blue belts. Well, they'll make sure that I'm in a position that I can't win. And it's well, let's try and fix that going forward. Let's have you winning in the training sessions. I mean, I'm trying, but every time I win, then it's like they they're like no, nah, they make it harder. They make right, it harder now. <laughs> Both hands behind your back. <laughs> yeah. We're covering up the All other right, eye. We're starting Michael. in full extended arm bars. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess so. Oh, I hate those drills. All right. Let's talk about Shopify really quick. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. So, listen, if you have a business, you're an entrepreneur, you're selling something, whatever it is, you've got to have a presence online. This is 2023. You've got to be online. Now, you might think it's time consuming, costly, complicated, and often it can be, but not with Shopify. It makes it so easy and so affordable. Wait until you hear this offer. But they give you customer support every step of the way, 24-7 customer support, integrations with their social media apps and marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. It has you covered from in-person POS systems to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, okay? So literally, it has everything that you need. So now it's time to get serious about your business. Get online and start making some real money and just add some credibility to your business. As I say, it's so easy. It really is easy. All you got to do is sign up. Listen to this. $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com. Okay. I mean, that is just $1. $1. As I said, there's 24-7 customer service available, an extensive business course library. So if you want to learn and get better, they've got it all covered for you there. Shopify is there to support your success every single step of the way. As I said, Shopify covers every sales channel. Right. I said this before, but from an in-person POS system to the e-commerce platforms, it lets you sell across social media marketplaces like the Instagram and stuff, as I mentioned. So it literally offers everything. It's simple. It's easy. 
And with this incredible offer, $1 per month when you sign up, shopify.com slash believe, all lowercase, shopify.com slash believe to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash believe. If you're selling something and you're not online, then you're not with it. You're not being active. You're not being the best version of your business that you can be. If you call yourself an entrepreneur, but you don't have an online presence, then you're not an entrepreneur. You're a fool. Get online. Do it easily with Shopify.com slash believe. Let's have a look what's going on in the news. Well, Johnny Walker... Johnny Walker, curious to what you think about this, because he's your division. I'm sure you've seen him fight many times. He was successful at the weekend. He's now out there. And Harrington, if you can bring up the actual quote from him. Um, he's he's back. He found his mojo. Confidence is sky high. And he's got his eyes on becoming a two-weight division champion. Wondered what you thought of that, Anthony. And Harrington, have you got the exact quote before? Is Harrington there? Is he alive? Left. I think he's gone. I'm here. I'm just frantically Googling. Um, so he said... 25 uh, second leading. Just Google while you're here <laughs> so I don't have to continue to go, Harrington, are you there? Uh, so he said uh, he looks at Daniel Cormier as a source of inspiration. He's champ, champ, two belts. Come on. That's my dream as well. This guy did it. Uh, I want to be on his level one day. I want to be a good wrestler and prove all my skills because I want to be there. I want to be ready to do what he did. So a couple things here. I I always find myself shitting on Johnny Walker, and I don't always necessarily mean to. It just I think it just comes off that way. But I think before you start focusing on two belts, you got to get one. You got to get one first because you you this, this goes for anybody that's listening. If you if you start making your goals so maybe I don't want to say outlandish because of course it's possible to win two belts, but you you got to you got to do it in in, in steps. They got to be in su- succession. So. Once you, you should make your goal to be get one belt. And then once you have one belt, then you want to defend it. And then once you defend it, you want to get two belts. It, it, it's a little bit, it's just, uh, they're a little bit out there, right? So you got to, I, I feel like you want to shorten those down a little bit to make them attainable first. Um, secondly, here's the problem I've always seen with Johnny Walker. I got a lot of respect for the things that he does well. I got a lot of respect for his athleticism, the power that he carries, uh, we were in the elevator together twice in Brazil, and I cannot believe he's 205 pounds. I don't know how he. Oh, makes he's it. a big boy. That's from a fat ass who just missed. Like, I couldn't believe how goddamn big he was. You know, he's just a big dude, and that doesn't, to me personally, doesn't mean a lot. I don't give a shit how big you are. Fighting's fighting. I never really worry too much about sizes, but um, it it is impressive how explosive he is, how mobile he is for his size, how fast he is. He does a lot of things well. He does he. So, but what happens is he, he, I've always thought that Johnny needs to work on his mental game because this is what happens to him. He wins a couple fights. He starts doing well. He starts kind of fighting within himself a little bit. And then he wins a couple fights and he starts talking like this. And it, 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 he, his head gets a little bit too big and he forgets where he is. And you can tell in the way that he walks around and the way he interacts with people you can almost tell how he feels because I've seen him interact with people when he's coming off a couple losses, very humble, very down to earth, very quiet, very respectful bows to everybody, nods his head at everybody, like keeps to himself and keeps on moving. But then I see him when he's off a couple wins and he's a different guy. So you can't get too up and you can't get too down. You need, if he leveled himself a little bit, you don't hear him talking about the two belts things when he's losing. So it, I'm not saying 
I'm not saying don't have those aspirations, but like, don't be so up and so down because I can, you can tell by his, by his personality and where he's at in life, depending on where he is in his career. So mm. I think if he just don't just bring it down just a little bit when you're doing well, bring it up just a little bit when you're doing bad and just try to stay a little bit level because then sometimes your head gets big and you get out there a little bit and that's when you, and that's when you fuck up, you're going to find yourself coming off a couple losses here pretty quick. That's the hard thing, isn't it, as well? Remaining level-headed throughout any part of life, when you're up or when you're down. You know what I mean? I've said it a million times. Perillo's dad was a, a motivational speaker, and he has this speech, and I should have remembered this by now, but he says, life is like a circle. He said, you're not always going to be at the top, and you're not always going to be at the bottom. The beauty of that information is that when you're at the top, you know you're not going to stay there, and, you can, and so you will remain humble. And when you're down at the bottom, that you, know, you can stay positive because eventually you can claw your way back up to the top or still have that mindset. So, like hey, listen, that. he just won. He just won. Yeah, I like it too. Perillo okay. says it a million times better. I totally butchered it because I don't fully remember it, but uh, it is a good one. It is a good one. Uh, well, listen, all the best to Johnny Walker. Can't wait to find out who he's going to fight next. Uh, I'm sure they're going to have their hands full because he's coming into that one probably very confident off the back of that mm -hmm. win over Paul Craig. Now, <laughs> Paul Craig. Give me a Scottish like accent and, and to say hello. I, 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 I tried when I was... I tried when I was with him and I can't even begin to do it. I just sound stupid. Like I, I don't, it's not even an accent. I just sound like I'm special. I just, you're, you're I just from like another even, planet. You're like, yeah, what is yeah. this? Like yeah, he's yeah. not even speaking words. He sounds so much cooler in person though. Oh, we, yeah. were, we were chit chatting at the hotel. It's like, man, I'd be, I'd be so much cooler if I could talk like that. Well, he's, well, well the women love him. The women oh, yeah. love him. I mean, he's a big, tall, in-shape guy, you know, mm -hmm. and he's very masculine. He's got the big, juicy beard. He's and he, charming, you know, you, too. He's charming, he, too. Like when he He's talks, a lovely he guy, and he's smart as well. Yeah, even when you're just, like, in a conversation, you do find yourself, like, drawn to want to continue to have the conversation with him because yeah. he's just enjoyable to be around. Yeah, no, he is. He's, a, he's an awesome guy. Shout out, Paul Craig. Um, you know how he keeps that beard so luscious, right? I remember. Were you, were you on the show then yeah, when we asked him? Yeah. The pussy juice, man. Yeah, the, pussy the pussy juice. juice <laughs> I'm assuming he's not a married man. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we haven't mentioned the champ is here or the champ is going to be here. Brian, did you send the link to Jamal Hill? Uh, Not yet. I'm doing it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it right now. That's my fault for not liaising better. Um, I'm just going to look on the Insta. Link will be with you in a minute. This is great podcasting, mm -hmm. great organization. This is great. I'm going to talk to Jamal two days in a row. So 4 p.m. ET time, that works. No, it's not. Uh, uh, so we might not get him then. We might not get him because he thinks it's one o'clock. Anyway. Yeah. <sighs> Dude, we're we're, listen, we're podcasting on the fly. This is real life. People love it. We're doing it on the fly. Mm -hmm. Alex Pereira, this is what Aaron Harrington's got at number seven. Alex Pereira threw his hat in the ring for Jamal's first title fence, speaking of the champ, responding to a comment about Hill knocking out Prohashka, the 185-pound champ, replied, I heard Prohashka is injured. What about knocking me out? Um, Listen, of course, and, and what's your take on this? And not necessarily Pereira, but champs, it's like the fashionable thing now. Everybody wants to do it. Everybody wants to go up to the next weight class above and challenge because they've got nothing to lose and they get to be a part of this huge title fight and they have a chance of becoming a two-weight division champion by and bypass all the other contenders, right? Mm -hmm. That's a super fight. It's a great thing to be involved with. But 
I don't feel, and this is nothing against Pereira, I don't feel he's in a position to be saying things like that when he's just won the belt. I feel you've got to be like a Volkanovsky or what some other, like, like you know, DC, or, I mean, McGregor never won the belt. Uh, sorry, we defended the belt a bunch of times, but he was a megastar, to right. be fair. But generally, I think you've got to go out there and, and clean out the division before you start talking about that. What do you think? Well, I feel like I, I'm forced to have to defend my division right now um, as a whole because – Yes. On, on a couple different, on a couple different area, like a couple different ways here. Like, yes, I, I 100% believe uh, I agree with you, Mike. Like you got to do some work in your own division first before you should be allowed to just move up freely. Um, you got to and you got to keep the, you got to keep that division moving. Like there's a new champ there. There's been a long time reigning one. And then now there's a new one. So now a lot of these new guys have a fresh coat of paint so they can start working their way into new, into new matchups. Um, by going up, you kind of hold up your own division a little bit, and that's not necessarily fair to everybody. You already cleaned it all out, and you've already beat everybody that's at the top five or top six, top seven guys. That, then I think it's it's probably okay. Also, we've already seen this: a, a guy that was beating Pereira going into the round. He did win the round. He won the title. I'm not going to take that away from him. Um, I believe, and I believe I picked him to win, but he was losing that fight until he won. So. And a guy who, uh, by a, he was losing to a guy who's a hundred percent striker, and he got out wrestled several times. So, is he moved up and tried that and found out that it's not as easy? I think it's easier to do that at the lower weight classes. I think mm. at the bigger weight classes, there's the, there's some more issues that you have to deal with. And Israel, who, who might yeah, be it's one of the a most, it's a twenty pound jump instead of a ten pound jump, right? And and the power difference is 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 a lot more significant at the higher weights. So Izzy had a tough time with a guy who's not the champion right now. So mm. uh, a guy who had a funky win over Rakic, and I'm not shitting on Blovich because I like this guy, but he had a funky win over Rakic due to injury, and then fought to a draw over Ankalaev. So like, I don't know. It's just it seems weird to me that Pereira, who can't really wrestle, who's not a great strike, who's not a great grappler, is going to move up twenty pounds to fight a guy who just proved to the whole world that he can wrestle and he can grapple, and he's well, got power, yeah. in his, and he's got power in his hands because he shut off guys that are bigger than Pereira. So like, Devil's Avocado though, Devil Devil's Avocado. If I'm Pereira. Jamal would be one of the perfect ones because yes, sure. Jamal showed he can stop takedowns, but I don't think we're going to see him blasting doubles. He right. would stand there more than likely, and and then fight Pereira on the feet. You know, you know what mm -hmm. I mean. I think For that's sure. probably what we'd see. But the reality is, Jamal just won the belt. Pereira just won the belt. You know, if you look at Volkanovski, he defended the belt a number of times, five, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, and they're bringing in, there's an interim title fight on that same card when he fights Islam, you know, right. and that just goes to show. So yeah, the divisions have to be keep, to keep rolling. Listen, fair play to Pereira. Of course you want to. Oh, I like the fight. Great. I like the oh, fight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the matchup's fantastic, but it creates, it, selfishly, it also creates a lot of problems for me. So like you hold up, yeah, two, yeah. you hold up two divisions for two guys who haven't defended yet. I remember Tyron Woodley when I was the champ and I worked with Tyron when he was the champ at Fox Studios. We were always working together and he was always trying to make a fight between me and him at 185. And I'm like, yeah, 100% Tyron. 
easy Bring money, your little bro. ass up here. If you want to get your little fat, bloody ass, he has got a big ass. Want to get what, what is he lactose intolerant? He would always mention it anytime we worked at Fox Studios. He was like, Oh, I'm lactose intolerant. Said, yeah, we know. And he's just farting all over the place. If you want to bring your fat, farting ass up to 185 and get your face pounded in, let's do it, bro. Shout out Tyron Woodley. In fact, speaking of Tyron Woodley, and I don't know what this means, I'm sure a psychologist could make something of this. I had a wild dream last night. Right. I was in mm-hmm. the, the back streets of this neighborhood where I used to live, where there was a railway crossing. And there was like a little store in these back streets. And I was there and I was having a fight with Tyron Woodley. And he, he kept attacking me. So I was like, punch him in the face and he keep coming after me. Dana White was there. There was a bunch of other people over <laughs> from the UFC. But I was fighting. <laughs> it was so believable. Do you know when you have those dreams that seem yeah, so real? When you wake? I was there. And I woke <laughs> up and I'm like... Fucking, I had a crazy mad fight with Tyron Woodley last night in the neighborhood where I grew up. So I just looked up what that means on the internet. That was fast, Brian. That was fast. I was typing while you were talking. And he goes, when you see yourself fighting in your dream, it could mean that you genuinely wish to vent your rage by picking a fight. Such a dream could also indicate suppressed anger or frustrations. For instance, you may have wanted to express yourself to someone for a very long time. Science. Wanted to, Yeah. I've been talking about working with a therapist for quite some time. You ever think about that stuff, Anthony? I do, weekly. Yeah. Oh, you see it a therapist? Helps. I see a therapist weekly. Yeah. No, no I want to do that. Lot. It helps a lot. It I'm really sure it does. Even, if you, even on the days, there's a lot of times I'll go and I really am feeling all right. Like, I don't really got a lot to talk about. It feels good once I get there as they start to draw things out of you and just, mm. just working through regular shit. Life is hard. Life is hard. It's It's... It's stressful. There's a lot going on. Even if overall your life is pretty good, you still you still can find some things that, that are going to help you to talk about. And and I couldn't. I, I hate the stigma where you know guys got to be tough and they don't need to talk about it. And they, like that's just not who I've ever been. I was raised by all women, I guess, and I live in a household of all women. So uh, I'm very in check with my emotions. And and if I if I haven't been there in a couple of weeks, I can tell. Like I just need to go really? get some shit off really? my chest. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, I spoke, I, I did anger management for a while. It definitely helped. But then I ended up not going because the guy was, he was a very, very deeply religious person. He was like a Christian counselor. It's not really my vibe. You know what I mean? But I did it for a while anyway. Uh, but yeah, I've definitely got some shit I need to talk about. You know, get the emotions in check. You know, that's my thing. Yeah. The emotions. You know what I mean? I react out of emotion all the time. I've got to stop doing that now fucking sort these notes out harrington because you see how face my red instantly got oh my god oh geez louise you should have some conversations michael rebecca has been trying to get me to see one for years and i'm gonna do it and you're right what you said there before about men supposedly not we're supposed to be tough men more than anything need to do that because it's the men that commit suicide. Brian, just look it up. The disparity from men to mm-hmm. women. It's the men that, because men generally, now I've known we're in 2023 and women are strong and independent and we're all fucking equal and we are equal and I want equal opportunities. I want equal pay and I want the best man or woman for the job at all times. But there's still, men carry the burden a lot of the time because there is mm-hmm. still traditional setups in life, regardless of whether or not you, p- people want to believe that. And, and the pressure weigh such a heavy toll on men's minds. And they're the ones that are are fighting wars. And they're Mm -hmm. the ones that sadly are passing away. Uh, Brian, go on. Sorry, mate. It says here, uh, 
men are 3.5 times more likely to game over themselves because because mm. youtube doesn't like the s word yeah 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 well i know one woman it was my, my mother-in-law's friend good friend and by all accounts uh, and obviously i choose my words very carefully and be respectful because he's my mother-in-law's good friend and she she seemed all together and then they just got a phone call one day she blew her head off with a shotgun you know, she was, uh, you know, obviously a farmer because you can't really get guns in the UK. Right. Just took a shotgun one day and blew her head off. It's wild. So, yeah, yes, if, uh, if you're having thoughts like that, guys, please, guys or girls, go and speak to somebody. Now we're going to change gears pretty fast. Yeah. We're going to do a major U-turn. We're going to go to the airport. We're going to jump in a plane. We're going to slap down our passport. In fact, there's a movie where a guy goes in, stamps the passport, shoots a glass of whiskey, <laughs> comes down. What is that movie? I don't know. I don't Snatch. know. Snatch. Snatch. Anyway, uh, Paris Fashion Week. Anthony, I know one of your favorite subjects. Yeah, can't wait. Been waiting. You Talk know about everything this. about Paris Fashion Week. Carrington <laughs> put this one in. And to be honest, I did see this doing the rounds on social media. Uh, I think Doji Cat was... Um, yeah, I, I seen... She had like the, the 30,000 rubies or 30,000 crystals all glued Can to we her get face. some images up, Brian, of, of this stuff? And Harrington, you put it in the notes as well, including one dress that is meant to be worn upside down. That's not the one. That's not the one. No. Well, go on. Okay. Well, no, there was there was just a whole bunch of ridiculousness at Paris Fashion Week, including uh, Kylie. I mean, <laughs> what is that? That's the upside down dress. I mean, yeah, I saw some nonsense. I mean, that would be a nightmare for me. That's what a sideways dress. Yeah. That looks like a toilet system upside down. Uh-huh. What is happening? They've run out of ideas. They've just run out of ideas. That lady was walking next to her dress. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the dress. The dress, it goes off to the side. Brian, can we bring up that one of Doja Cat's all in red? Right, And the reason I'm bringing this up, and and I'm going to choose my words carefully and try and be respectful as I can, but he's mental these days. Kong Lee. Do you follow him on Instagram? I don't think I do. Right. Well, he's a former opponent of mine. So, I, you know, I, I don't want to, it's not that I'm here to trash him, but he's gone very, yeah, there she is. There she is. And, and, and Kung Lee posted about that. And he's always talking about demons and exorcists. He's, he's heavily, heavily, heavily religious. And he's always talking about the end of the world and all this. And he said, that woman there, see, look, this is real life proof that demons are walking around us in broad daylight. And we are, we are, um, um, welcoming, welcoming them into society. And the end of days is coming. I'm trust anything that happens in the news is on there. It's Satan. It's devil worshipers. It's demonic, uh, cults and stuff like that. And I'm like, bro, it's Paris fashion week. She's got on the street. Just fucking weird. It's not actually what she looks like. It's an outfit. She but, is on record very weird. Well, 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 Brian, 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 I feel like you have something to add about the satanic cults and stuff like that. You do. I know you do. You've been down that rabbit hole. I was, wait, I was waiting on it. I was waiting on him to jump in. Come here. on, g- g- give us the lowdown on well, the satanic cults. Well, the last time I brought this up, you shut me down. But there is a video of a bunch of... Uh, elites let's say making uh mock set baby sacrifices in the woods to a giant owl god so i mean once that happens who fucking knows um, maybe people are just I, weird. I, hold on, I think hold people on are just weird hold on you can't come on and just say there's a video of elites in the yeah, forest and, and what were they doing again they were sacrificing they were doing a mock baby sacrifice to a wooden owl god effigy 
in the I, redwood forest in California. Well, I you would like to see footage of that. I will pull I it would, up. I would like to see footage of that. You know, I mean, come on. But the, anyway, anyway, my God, I knew, I knew Brian weird. would have a take. I think on that people are, honestly, Mike. I think people are just fucking weird, and I think celebrities. Once you get to a certain amount of money and fame and weirdness, you just push the envelope to see what kind of weird shit you can get away with. Yeah, like, like what, exactly. It's like a bunch of like if we were just well, I don't know about that. Multi multi millionaires. We you and I had five hundred million dollars. We ran out of stupid shit to do. I could see us just being like, what What if we just wore our pants on our heads? What do you think people would say? <laughs> <laughs> just hey, just drunk a movie where and just do two it. Two young kids. They wear bras on their head and they make a woman. They make a woman in the computer in the bedroom. They wear bras on the head and the woman comes alive and she's really hot. What is that movie? I don't know. Brian O'Harrington, I'll throw it to the panel. What is that movie? Is that Weird Science? Weird Science. You've never seen Weird Science? It's a classic. You won't enjoy it because you're not a teenager, but I love that as a kid. Um, we got some five bookings that we can talk about here. Dan Hooker versus Jalen Turner has been added to UFC 285. That's a hell of a matchup. Jalen Turner, I've always, I've always, uh, you know, I've been a big cheerleader of him. He's on a tremendous role right now. Five and oh, I believe. Oh, we're we're moving on. You guys didn't want to see the mock. No, 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 no. Let's see it. Let's see see this shit. All right, here it is. Did you spell effigy? Not this time. I've heard about this one. Here is a Bohemian shrine and holy are the pillars of this house. Holy are the pillars of this house. Is this Alex Jones? This is what got Alex Jones famous. Yeah, this is what made him famous. He, he snuck it. onto this fucking like super secret rich guy ranch in California that people aren't allowed to go to and, uh, and filmed a bunch of super rich famous people doing this weird shit. Sacrificing well, babies, lighting owl effigies on fire. This is a real well. Thing. Well, it definitely looks weird, but so far I fail to see the sacrificing of babies. Oh, I see a coming. bunch of weirdos dressed up as nuns or whatever walking down the street, thinking they're reincarnating Holland. Holland. So again, throne scene. Here, they, they, it's called the cremation of care. Yeah. But you can also see, apparently, Look, apparently, um, on Fox News reporting on this one, when Joe Biden was in the, the White House, you could see the uh, normally there's a, a ray of light which comes out the top of the White House that goes to God, right? Mm-hmm. Because the president's blessed by God, but it's not been there lately because Joe Biden's there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's a Facebook thing you read. I don't remember there being a spotlight on top of the wall. I I I, re- I read it somewhere, buddy. I read it somewhere. There's nutters on either side. There's a lot of nutters right. in the world, and God bless them all. Anyway, Jalen Turner, I think he's five and all five star, which is very tall. Mm-hmm. He was my sparring partner for Anderson Silva and Luke Rockhold when I beat him. Dan Hooker, what do you think of the matchup? Well, I think it's about damn time Dan Hooker gets a couple favorable stylistic matchups i don't know how favorable the actual matchup is you know when they come down when it comes down to fight time i think we'll figure that out but it it seems like maybe they're doing dan hooker a couple favors now again jalen may go in there and just buzzsaw him because he's just that damn good i got a lot of respect for for jalen and his game I, i i love i love watching him fight he's so entertaining and so technical so crisp crazy power for his link to um really really like watching that guy fight but if you're gonna have dan hooker fight 
I would much rather see him in fights with other strikers, which is exactly what this is. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about this one. So it's a it's going to be a good fight either way. Stylistically, it's a, a it's it's good for Dan Hooker. Um, now, how they match up individually, we'll see. But mm. yeah, on paper, it has all the ingredients for a fantastic matchup, fight of the night, potential, all that type of stuff. And it really does. Both guys are great. And to your point, I saw an Instagram post. I think when I first saw this story talking about Dan Hooker's previous opponents and I just brought up his record here, Paul Felder, when he fought him, Paul was five and one in his last six. Dustin Poirier, apparently he was five and one in his last six. Then it was Michael Chandler, who apparently was riding a big win streak. Nazrat Hakparast, he beat him. Then he fought Islam Mahachev, the lightweight champion, right? And then Arnold Allen, who's this close within spitting distance of a title fight. Mm-hmm. And Claudio Puez, who he beat, who apparently was also on a five-fight win streak. So fair play, fair play. You know, you know, Dan Hooker, it's easy to rip on someone when they're losing fights. You know, but when you consider the opposition and when you consider that he does have that kind of attitude where he'll, he'll take a fight on short notice, he'll stay mm-hmm. in the country because he can't go home because of the absolute nonsense COVID restrictions, you know, and he'll step in the octagon and fight. You got to respect those type of people, you know, right. and not focus on the results as much. He shows up, he brings it, he lays it all on the line and fight the best out of the best, even when he was losing still wasn't right. looking for easy fights. Do you know what I mean? So he does deserve appreciation in that respect. And against Jalen Turner, you know, he's a friend of mine. He's awesome. In fact, we'll get him on the show soon. Um, yeah, great fight. Great fight. Another one. Kelvin Gaslam just got booked UFC 287 uh, against Chris Action Man Curtis. What do you think of that one? You know, I, I, I think I like the Chris Curtis fight better than I've liked the last couple fights that Kelvin has been booked for. He's just he's had a tough go at it. He's had a tough little run. Um he's had some injuries, some some fight bookings mm. that have that had to have been canceled. Um but Chris Curtis can Chris Curtis can fight. It's not an easy fight, but stylistically, again, I think it's a favorable matchup for Kelvin Gastelum. Now, where where is he mentally and, and kind of emotionally? Where's his confidence at? I think that's gonna be the big biggest question leading into that fight. But um Chris is on a hell of a run right now. He's he's looked really good in his last few fights. You know, I think he had one one hiccup there. I think with uh, was it Hermanson or uh, yeah, Jack Hermanson in London. In London. So, you know, he had that one hiccup, but he's looked fantastic. He's looked lights out. Um, it'd be a it'd be a, it'd be a fun fight. And you know, Kelvin does t- typically when he starts to run into some problems or, or gets a little uncomfortable on his feet, he'll start mixing in some takedowns, which is when I think he's at his best is when he does mixing in those takedowns. Um. He's going to have a tough time doing that with a guy like Chris Curtis. Mm. So it'll be an exciting fight. I yeah, like I'm just match. looking at Kelvin Gastelum's record as well. And again, it's spotty right now. Beat Johnny Hendricks, destroyed Tim Kennedy, mm-hmm. destroyed Vito Belfort, but overturned because of weed. Bloody ridiculous. Lost to Chris Weidman. Beat which some was, guy in was, China. The fight was weird too. The Weidman, that was a weird fight. But then he went to China, he beat some guy with one eye that had no business being there, right? That guy should not have been there. So we'll forget about that one. That yeah, never that doesn't count. Never count. Never doesn't count. count. Then he beat Ronaldo Jacare Souza. Good win there. Loses to Israel Adesanya. Fight of the year contender, good, right? Really good fight. Amazing fight. Yeah. Loses to Darren Till in Madison Square Garden. Loses to Jack Hermanson early in the first round by a heel hook on Abu Dhabi. Beats Ian Heinish. Loses to Robert Whitaker loses to Jared Cannonier. 
Again, look at the losses. Cannoneer, Whitaker, Hermanson, Adesanya, you know, Darren Till even. When, that was, when Darren Till was flying, you know yeah, what I mean? he was on fire then. That is, I, I, again, so, you know, people are quick to write off Gastelum. And, and I kind of get it when you're not a casual, but when you look at the sports and you watch it and you're a fan, you're entitled to come to these kind of conclusions. Go, oh, this guy can't win a fight. But when you look closely, and again, by the way, Cannonier, these losses, Cannonier, Whitaker, Hermanson, uh, other than Hermanson, sorry, Darren Till, Adesanya, all decisions. You know what I mean? So it's not like he's right. not hanging in there, you know? So, yeah, I think that's a great fight. That is yeah, a like great it. fight indeed. It's a big step Harry- up for Chris Curtis, too. It is. Should we get a non-MMA story from Harrington? Yeah, yeah. So he did t- the Paris what Harrington's movie. doing. I don't know what is this. A Bournemouth man had his new house wrecked. In fact, we'll let Harrington, uh, sorry, Anthony, you choose. Here's what he's put in the notes. A Bournemouth man, which is a a town in England, had his new house wrecked when the couch he paid extra for the white glove delivery service wound up jammed on his staircase, right? This is what he puts in. Another one is a new car manufacturer is essentially selling a James Bond level tank to the public with a military package that includes electrified door handles. Let's go with that one. And even a pepper spray display. It's it's an open and closed case. We're (laughs) having the tank. This thing is so hardcore. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. Look at that. Uh, the Resvani, uh, I believe it's the Vindicator or the 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 Justicator, whatever it's called. I the hope vengeance. It's called the Vindicator. Sorry, or the Vengeance, it's, even better. The yeah, the Vengeance. Yeah, uh, it's a. It starts at a two hundred fifty thousand dollar tank. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, starting price. Uh, V eight. Uh, you can get either seven or eight. Uh, seven or eight uh, seats in it. Um, the the screen. Electrified all- door handles. Yes, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's just go through this for the audio-only listeners. Bulletproof glass and body armor, underside explosive protection, smoke screen, military run flat tires. Uh, uh, Anthony, you read out the second list in a minute on the side. Right. Thermal night vision detection, reinforced suspension, electromagnetic pulse protection, RAM bumpers, optional explosive device detection, bulletproof vests and helmets. And we got electrified door handles, siren and horn options, strobe lights, blinding lights, intercom system, magnetic deadbolts, gas masks, first aid kits, hypothermia kit, and a pepper spray dispenser. We need to speak to Gas Digital right now. Okay, so here's the thing. I need one. There's this one. This thing has to weigh more than the cutoff for tax like write-offs we could definitely get this for bym as like a work vehicle and just roll around the country doing live pods in our tank screw that screw that i'm nipping down to walmart i'm buying myself a couple of massive guns and i'm just taking the world on i've got a tank baby i've got smoke screens i've got electrified handles gas masks you can't even blow the goddamn thing up what are you gonna do just know rebecca leaves me everything goes tits up i develop a major (laughs) drinking drug problem i'm buying one of them develop it you you gotta develop it (laughs) Ah, bro look at me i I look 10 years younger according to harrington these days um i want one of them so bad i know you know what would ever that reminds me check out the interior look Look how sweet it is inside oh my god this is the best tank ever harrington you need to send me this link oh oh, oh. Um, and anthony's gonna get one as well when you become champ that's the first thing on the list that's the first thing i'm buying for sure (laughs) uh you know the the local uh county sheriff department a couple of the couple of their deputies called me a couple of days ago 
because I like I know a bunch of uh, you know like a bunch of special forces guys and military people, and they wanted to know if if I could reach out to them to see if there's some kind of grants. And long story short, the the local county sheriff got their their old sheriff before he left office sold their their armored vehicle that they use for when people are barricaded and shooting at them. He sold it before he left office for whatever reason. And so now they need one because they're having, they've had a couple issues recently where they got barricaded guys for long periods of time. Um, so they didn't know if there was grants and stuff like that. So um, that just made me think like, what, yeah. why the hell can't they get one of those? $200,000. They heard about here in the Believe You Me podcast. With code Bisping or Smith, you get a 15% deposit. <laughs> uh, sorry, a discount. Oh, God. Maybe that like company every- will hear this and they'll say, listen, Anthony Smith does a lot of driving. He travels all over the country. Why don't we just gift him one of these tanks? I'll sign like a 10-year sponsorship deal. And, and then I'll just let me have one of those tanks. I'll be the biggest... I could be the biggest endorsement of this vehicle you could ever imagine. I get no part of this. I get nothing. No one, I'll drive it to you. If you get one of them. No, I'll, I'll drive it to you. It. Well, I will road trip it. I'll road trip it to California. You and I can just roll around to Walmarts. and. Oh, we're just going to go run things over. Uh, I would say, though, if you're going to drive that, I'm not think, I don't think it's going to be the most economical. You know what I mean? I mean, Range Rovers are I mean, bad. You see, you've seen the shit that I drive. It's not, it can't be too much worse than that. What do you drive? I haven't seen what you drive. Oh, I got a big jacked up diesel excursion truck. and a, nice. another big lifted truck. And you know, because you were a real I'm a man. redneck. Of course, I'm a red, of course no, I'm a redneck. Of course you do. I'm driving a sales rep's car. Uh, you do have a nice car though. I like it. I like it. I like it. I was going to get a new one recently. And I got you know because I went down the garage. And I said, Ooh, you know how it is. And the guy says, take mm-hmm. the keys, take the keys, take it home, Mike, drive it for a couple of days. I was like, oh. and I was like, I wanted it. It was an RS6 or RS7 Audi. Beautiful. Ooh. Ridiculous though. Ridiculous. I don't need, it's got a Lamborghini engine. I don't need a car like that. Do you know what I mean? But I was <laughs> tempted. I was tempted. Anyway, Harrington, what should we go to here, buddy? That was fun. In mixed martial arts, what have we got? What have we got? What have you got, Anthony? Anything you've got? Don't hold on. Don't give me number nine. Oh, Uh-oh. sorry, no, number eight. I don't want to talk about him. I'm not going to say who. Brandon Moreno was celebrated with adult mule in Tijuana. Yeah, I saw that. It's amazing. Good for him. God bless Brandon Moreno. Hopefully, get him on the show. Gilbert Burns was pissed off at the rankings mad. committee he when he stayed mad. stuck in the number five spot below below Muhammad. I never saw this. So, what's the story, Harrington? Just that. No. So, yeah, Gilbert Burns uh, took to Twitter after the rankings came out on Monday following his win over Neil Magny. Uh, He just went rankings and then the, like, covering your face emoji. The disrespect is real. The guy literally ducks and uh, gets rewarded for it and then wondering what's going on. I actually have a follow-up to this, though. Please. Just got a DM from Bilal Muhammad. Uh, He said he wants you guys to know that he's never ducked anyone in his life and that you should not trust a man Without a haircut. <laughs> it's pretty funny. That's pretty what good. What the fuck? Well, have it, uh, Brian, no. you better bleep that out with a stupid duck sound. We have been minimizing the F-bombs. We've been regularly. doing a pretty good job. Yeah, and he just comes on after lecturing us. I'm Wait, who did he DM? Wait, Hard Harrington. F, Brian. Harrington, who did he DM? He DM'd me. Personally. 
Yeah, I was hitting him up for something else. Let's I was going to say, on, like, he, he, can't send me, he can't send me a text. <laughs> you want me to hit up him up for if he wants to come on? Yeah. yeah well, no, I got offered him, actually, uh, last week from Ali Abdelaziz. He said any of my uh, – his, his assistant reached out saying, do we want any of his uh, um, um, client-based roster? roster?" Mm-hmm. And I, he said, what about Bilal? I said, love Bilal. We'll love him on – but we literally just had him on like two weeks ago. What about Kamara Usman and Justin Gage? Because they've got big <laughs> fights coming up. You know, never heard back on that one, but I followed up again. So hopefully, come on. Um, what do you think about that, though? Brian, Brian, before Anthony speaks, just while he speaks, sorry, just bring up the the the, the lightweight rankings, please. Oh, welterweight rankings, sorry. Whilst Anthony talks, I, I understand why what why Gilbert would be upset. Like when people start passing you know, the rankings that you haven't fought. But at the end of the day, I I just wanted to like kind of grab Gilbert and say, "Come on, bro, you know how this works. Like, it's the rankings are kind of bullshit until they're not bullshit. You know what I mean? Like." I don't understand. Like, Bilal did no, beat. Just Steve, leave it there, Brian. He Go did on, beat sorry, Steven. Anthony. He did beat Stephen Thompson. He did beat Sean Brady. He like, I get that, but he didn't beat Gilbert Burns. So I would take like Kamaro, Colby, Hamzat, and Gilbert, and I would just leave them right where they're at because none of those guys, other than Kamaro and Colby, have really fought each other. So I, I think that. I, if I was ranking those guys, I don't know how I would put Bilal above Gilbert. And that has nothing to do with those two actually fighting each other. It's just they mm. haven't. And Gilbert fought Hamzat <laughs> to a very, very close fight. So I think those guys belong at three and four, respectively. Yeah, yeah. On that, and again, I'm not taking sides in this, but just thinking yeah, logically either. how they should do. And love Bilal, love Gilbert, both re- friends of the show. Um, Gilbert's last fight was Jeff Neal. He's number seven. Bilal's last fight was Sean Brady. He's number eight. So I don't no, know how that puts... No, Gil- Gilbert's last fight was... Oh, yeah. sorry, what am I saying? Neil Magny. I yeah. always get Neil always Magny get mixed Jeff up. Neil yeah. mixed up. Yeah, Jeff Neil, Neil Magny. Right, crap. My bad. My bad. Okay. Okay. But still, but still, you know what? I wouldn't pay too much attention to the rankings in general. It's that's, nice that's... to be ranked. Yeah. It's lovely to be ranked. And of course, it's a nice little ego stroke. And it does matter in terms of potential matchups down the line and selling it to the audience and all the rest of it. But, you know, it's just a bunch of journalists that sit around and play God. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? I'm not being disrespectful to them. They don't necessarily matter. No, the rankings matter more to the general public and fans Mm -hmm. than it actually does the UFC. So, like, yeah. I think it, in terms of who would get a title shot, depending on it depends on who they fought. But like it might be Bilal above Gilbert just because Gilbert's already had one. Mm. But all things created equal, I would probably go with Gilbert first because of his close fight with Hamza. But I also think that Bilal still has that one sexy win that's escaping him still. And it, like he needs a Colby Covington, he needs a Hamza, he needs a Gilbert Burns, he needs one of those guys. That's not that I don't respect his win for Sean for, uh, over Sean Brady. I think that his win over Sean Brady was fantastic, especially the way that he did it. I, the way he did it mattered most to me. Mm. So he beat a guy like that exactly how you should beat a guy like that if you're going to be having title, you know, title title contention conversations in your mouth. So uh, I thought he did a fantastic job, but he still needs that one like marquee name like that the guy that everybody respects like you got to beat a guy that everyone knows is the guy that's colby hamzat gilbert he needs he needs one of those to your point the way that Bilal beat brady 
was what he needed to do to show the world, hey, listen, I don't just go out there, take people down and grind them on the ground. Mm -hmm. He went out and beat a guy that's also a world-famous, world-level grappler, beat him to a pulp on the feet. So that was beautiful. It showed there's other sides to his game. But you know how they settle this, don't you? Yeah, fight it out, boy. They fight each other. I mean, yeah, Gilbert called that Colby. I get that. He's a bigger name with respect to Bilal, but Bilal's creeping up, doing better, doing big things, of course. You know, but they can fight. They can figure it out in the octagon. It's mm-hmm. the perfect platform for it. It is the perfect platform. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. I don't know how we could set. I don't know how in any way we could settle this, Mike. How do we get how to could, the bottom of this? How do we figure out who's better between Bilal and Gilbert? I I don't know. There's got to be a way. I don't know. <laughs> um, Harrington, Nick Diaz. We all love Nick Diaz. I mean, the legend he has is absolutely unbelievable you know the, the career that he had and you know I, I think his best times have probably passed by you know i know he was flirting with a comeback again uh but what's he been up to lately harrington so he has taken his time away from the octagon to get into the movie game he actually shot a fight scene uh, in a new jean-claude van damme movie and according to people on set he showed up and was like, no, 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 we got to do it like this, man. And just started recreating uh, the fight choreography on the fly to make it look pretty badass. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm happy for him because mm-hmm. Nick Diaz, it's always awesome to see legends of the sport getting these kind of opportunities. As uh, I mean, Van Damme isn't the blockbuster movie star that he used to be, but he's still out there, still making movies. Um, and to do a movie with Van Damme, would be amazing. Oh, cool. When I was a kid, Van Damme was my guy, right? He's what, when my dad bought me Bloodsport, or was it, no, mm-hmm. it was Kickboxer. He bought me Kickboxer, VHS, I think, for my 10th birthday. And I watched that a million times. I wanted to be Van Damme. To do a movie with him, that's pretty cool. What do you think? Have you ever had the opportunity to do any kind of work with Van Damme at all? No, I've met him. I've met him. He's actually read by the same agency that I'm with. Uh, mm-hmm. But no, never done it. I did an audition for a, cause he did this drama thing. It was one of his best things called JCVD where he kind of plays like a different version of himself, but it's him. He's Jean-Claude Van Damme, but he's like a, uh, uh, a CIA agent or something. It's actually really, really good. Um, so I did an audition for that and I, I wanted to get it. Yes, Brian. Have you guys seen Jean-Claude Van Jones or <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Johnson? He's like, it's, he plays himself, but John Claude Van Damme is a cover, and he's been a secret agent his whole life. Yeah, that's what it's I'm talking about. Fucking that's hilarious. What I'm talk- yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's really good. It's really? really, really good as well. Yeah, yeah. Let's check. Did it you out. like Van Damme when you were a kid growing up? Yeah, yeah. That's where my nickname comes from. Oh, the movie Lionheart. The movie Lionheart. Yeah, it was that's like how A-Wall. that's how my that's how my uh, amateur career started. Essentially, really? like fighting. Yeah, it was it was called A Wash. In England, I remember when I had my second UFC fight, UFC seventy. It was called AWOL. in Manchester. It was called AWOL in England. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Van Dam came to the fight, and then <sighs> afterwards, at the after party, Van Dam was there. That'd be. So- he went I, just, a phase I would love to meet him. The, oh, he was cool. He was cool, but he went for a phase that was very well documented. That he was doing a lot of alcohol and cocaine and stuff. Yeah. He definitely was doing a lot of alcohol and cocaine, <laughs> but he, <laughs> but, and he, you know, but hey, hey. 
no judgment here, buddy. We were all having a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, we hung out till like six o'clock in the morning. We were all pretty hammered, to be honest. Yeah, but for me, it was surreal. I'm like, this is because it was only my second fight. I'm from a tiny little town. You know what I mean? I'm like, right. this is mental. How has my life changed like this? I'm hanging out with John Claude Van Damme. He was talking yeah. to my missus more than me, to be honest, but fair play. She's a pretty That seems to happen uh, a lot, doesn't it? Sometimes you end up <laughs> in like these cool places with all these cool people and they don't really want to talk to you. They end up like chit-chatting with your cousin or your wife or you're like, well, this is, yeah. this sucks. And you're like, you, you're trying to butt in the conversation. <clears throat> so, uh, so tell me about the time. They're like, fuck off, dickhead. We don't want to talk <laughs> to you. Uh, any breaking news, Harrington, that we need to get to? Uh, how long have we been going for? For a while here? About an hour 20, something like yeah. that? Um, we uh, watched the jury response to Jamal winning the belt last episode, but there's a Pereira. There's a Jamal responded to Jiri. If you want to see that, oh yeah, no, no, no. we've seen. Oh, did we not play it on the show? Because I've seen it. It's no, we played the Jam- we played Jiri on the last episode, and uh, this just came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Sound. Oh. <laughs> right, though. Where you at, though? And by the way, that's what she said. That's what she said! <laughs> I'm coming. Um, I don't know why I did that in an Arnold voice. I'm coming. <laughs> uh, was he in the, in the snow or was he, is that photoshopped? No, no he's, he's out in the snow. snow. Yeah. With the belt on. God bless yeah. him. Let That's me ask awesome. you this, Anthony. Let me ask you mm-hmm. this. And be honest. Of course, you've got a great relationship with Jamal. And you're very, very happy for him. We know that. But when you see Jamal there and he's in the forest and the snow's coming down, he's got the UFC light heavyweight strap wrapped around him. Do you think, enjoy that belt, brother, because I'm happy for you and and I wouldn't change it for a world, for the world. But I'm looking to take that belt from you, brother, in a super respectful way. Yeah. Well, there's a a part of me that, that, okay, first of all, I I am the same that I was with Glover. I am genuinely very, very, very happy for for Jamal and, and and especially his team, his coaches. They're they're truly a good group of guys. They really are. Um, I seen the work and the and the desire that he had to win that to win that belt. Yeah. So like, I am super happy for him. But I also have the same burning desire to hold that thing myself. So whether it's him or whoever. You know, I have uh, no matter what, I got to fight one more time. So it's almost hard to even think about the title right now because I have another task ahead of me. But yeah, it's mm. it, he knows and his team knows and and his manager knows. I want that belt just as bad as he wanted to win it. So it, he knows exactly what that means. You know, and yeah. and anybody who's ever gotten close to it or, or fought for it once before or is getting close to it knows what that burning desire feels like so there's no secret there he knows how i feel no secret there whatsoever and you both help each other and it's made the best man win Mm -hmm. um but but there's nothing wrong with wanting to become the champion that's what we're all here for you know that's everyone Mm -hmm. that signs a contract with the ufc thinks you know I'm going to try and become the champion of course they do and he knows that and there's nothing wrong with that brian would you just bring up the light heavyweight rankings for me. Sorry, buddy. Uh, because let's let's look at this. Because um, Brian edited this bit out. If if can't say, but I'm not going to mention any names. But you have a potential fight booking that you can't speak about yet, right? right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I won't say anything more because it's not my business. So you have a fight coming up. But let's have a look at the rankings and let's just see how things might be able to play out. Because who do you think Jamal's going to end up defending against next? Because Paul Krieg kind of had a a stake because he was the only man to beat him. Mm -hmm. Where is it? Oh, there it is. But, But he lost. So he's out. Yeah, so I, Yiri, but, I but, but, Glover, but is, Glover is out. Glover is Glover's out gone. because he retired. Um, Rakic is still hurt. I don't know what's going on with Jan and Ankaliyev. If I had to guess, if I had to yeah. guess, I'm going to be very honest. I think it's going to end up being me because he, Yuri said, I think he said yesterday on Ariel's show that he still needed some time. He wanted his body to get right. And then Jamal had a response saying he wants to wait for Yuri, but he needs an answer by April. Like he needs to know, like, are you going or not? I need to know in April. So I think I'll fight before then. And I, and I don't, I don't know that Yuri's going to be ready. I think that he's rushing it. I think, I think his expectations are, are better possibly. And again, I don't know his health. I don't know where he's at, but it went from him being out for two years to him talking about fighting this summer. That seems a little crazy. So mm, yeah, I think he's optimistic, um, and and for his, to, you know, for his sake, I hope he is able to fight because I, I think he deserves it. He never lost the title. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see him and Jamal versus each other, but if he can't, if it's not Yuri, I think that I'm the next one to fight. I think I would be next in line. Grant, uh, assuming you win your next fight, of course, right, right, yeah, because I think what you said or what Jamal said about Yuri. You know, or Yuri said himself, yeah, he's probably being very optimistic. Of course, he mm-hmm. wants to get back in there. Of course, he sees a new champion being crowned. And that probably hits him a little bit differently because he's wearing what he feels is rightly his because he right. never lost the belt. And I understand that. And it was, again, so gracious of him to vacate the belt, to stop all this interim nonsense. So shout out Yuri for that. But of course, you know, when he sees that, that's going to strike. It's, he's going to feel that. He's going to, you know, it's, yeah. It's going to hit a nerve. You'll feel it in a certain type of way. Like I remember, and again, I've said this a few times, and it's one of my most regrettable things because Robert Whittaker, I'm such a huge fan of. But when he fought Yoel and beat him and had the interim title on, and I walked in with my belt, you know, and I was going to be so respectful. And then I walked in and we went through a little square up and he was standing there with the belt on. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I was like, no, that's my belt. That's what I've worked my entire ass off for. Mm-hmm. I bloody slogged away with one eye to get, and you're standing there with that on. So I just went <laughs> off the deep end like an absolute maniac, threw my belt on the floor and stormed out like a little girl. You know, so I kind of get it. Who went and got In your belt afterwards? Say again. Who went, who went and got your belt afterwards? Not me. Not me. <laughs> it wasn't my belt. It was just like a, a prop one. You know oh, yeah. Mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, obviously the uh, a big question, and I want to know what you think. There's Jan Blachowicz and Magomed there. They fought for the belt. It was a draw. It wasn't a fan favorite matchup. Certainly wasn't going to get fired tonight. Where do you think they play into the picture? I think they got to fight again. I'd love to see them fight again. Um, they they got to get some sort of finality there. They got to get mm-hmm. one of them has to stand above the other one some way. So either each other or somebody else. I, I think they got to fight again, and and I'd love to see them fight each other again. And that's why, again, people are in the comments are going to say, "Oh, you're you're saying you deserve all this." Listen, I'm going to fight. I'll be the next. I'll be the next fucking one to fight. So if I get the win, I stand above everybody else. Rakic is coming off a loss. Um, Jan and Magomed, neither one of those guys are coming off of a win. 
And Rakic blew his knee out as well, remember? So he's probably yeah. ready to come he, back, but still. He's, still, but he's he's still coming off a loss. And I'm not saying that's it's not valid, uh, you know, because I had the same thing happen to me as far as an injury causing yeah. the end of the fight. But if I come back and I fight first and I'm coming off of a win, don't be mad at me because I got back before you did, you know, and was able to get back in the win column. Like the way the division is right now, it, people are saying that it's, you know, the division is kind of weird and there's a whole bunch of uncertainty. I think it makes it interesting because now we're all racing. Yeah. Now we got to, yeah. between the four of us, we're racing to see who's going to get a win first because that would put us next to the line. So I think it's going to be me. Mm. Yeah, because you're fighting again, not saying too much, isn't a million years away. It's pretty, it's not pretty that far away. Yeah. Relatively close. So you get the win. Hey, you've got a bloody good case, mm-hmm. especially if you rock it on the microphone, Anthony. Right. You say, you know, you take all those. What is it? Just over a year of training on the Believe in Me podcast. You know, I've right. brought you out your shell. I've taught you how to speak. I'll give you some media training. Don't worry. Perfect. And uh, you get you you nail that interview. Even better. Call him out. Even if you're working the event, you can set me oh. up good. And oh. we'll just light that fucking place on fire. I am working the event. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I believe so. I there believe so. Yeah. Hit a hit Ooh. a believe, conceive, achieve line and then drop the mic. Oh my God. I won't drop it. I'll hand it back to you. <laughs> hey, hey, but I am not biased in my commentary answer today. Not at all. If you're being crap, I'm gonna say it. If you're not doing you better well, not do I it too god it. you better you're not don't do it too goddamn loud. <laughs> I'll come it's over such in a fine line to walk because because obviously I'm friendly friendly with a lot of people that right. fight. You know what I mean. But I got to call it like I see it. it is always a tricky one. But that's the job. Yeah, you know uh, me. I don't give a shit. No, I know. All right, let's just talk about Fitbot really quick. As you know, it's a workout app for your phone. And you might think, well, why do I need that? I can go to the gym. Well, this works in conjunction with the gym. Sometimes you go into the gym, you're bored, the same old routine. You're not making gains. You're not losing weight. And you just, it all gets stale. Maybe you don't even have a gym membership. You can't afford a personal trainer. That is where Fitbot comes in, okay? It will help you with everything. All based upon the equipment that you have. If you've got a gym, if you've got a garage, if you've got a park, if you've got nothing, it'll have workouts that you can do, okay? So whether you've been missing gym time or you've just hit a plateau, a fresh start has never been easier. The app switches up your exercises to avoid overtraining or burnout and your programs change based upon your personal progress so you can maximize results. So whether you're working out in the weight room or just your bedroom, FitBod has a plan for you. And also, this is big. Learn new movements the right way. They have over 1,400 HD demonstration videos. So you watch it, you learn properly. You're not going to injure yourself, okay? A full year of FitBod is less than the cost of a single session with a personal trainer. So if you want to get serious about your fitness, but you're not exactly an expert, which most people aren't, then get FitBod, okay? Join FitBod today and build a routine that lasts all year. And variety is the spice of life. And certainly when it comes to working out, the same stuff over and over again gets so boring. That is where FitBod comes in. Over 1,400 videos to demonstrate. It will work to you. You can set your goals. You can maximize results. And you're going to lose weight. You're going to feel great. And you're going to save money. Because right now, you can get 25% of your subscription. Or, listen to this, you can try that bad boy out for free at fitbod.me slash believe. That is fitbod.me slash believe. 25% off or try it out for free. If you are looking for motivation, go to fitbod.me slash believe. If you don't know what to do, go to fitbod.me slash believe. You've got no excuse. 
You can try it for free. I know I'm annoying you. You want to get back to the podcast, but if you want to lose that beer belly, you want to get in shape, you want to get some abs, you want to just feel good about yourself, go to fitbod.me slash believe. All right, all right. Um, anything, Hamilton? Yes, yeah, so you asked for breaking news. I got this as kind of a juicy piece here. So uh, Irene Aldana uh, was supposed to be fighting against uh, Amanda Nunes at UFC 285. Apparently, they hit a snag in negotiations there. Amanda Nunes said she wants a number one contender, like a title eliminator fight between Juliana Pena and Irene Aldana. Uh, Juliana Pena is like, no, I'm not fighting anybody uh, other than the champion. So there is a like a three-way stalemate at the top of the 135-pound division right now. Which is interesting, and then no disrespect to Juliana Pena, but she lost that last fight pretty convincingly, to be mm-hmm. fair. She showed a ton of will and heart, you know, and bravery. Has to be commended for that. You know, she made it to the final bell. It wasn't looking like that. She got dropped a few times early. So well done. Irene Aldana is I love watching her fight. She's great. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see Nunes fight. Irene Aldana. I wonder why Nunes is saying that. Uh, maybe she's not ready. You know, maybe yeah. she's not ready to yeah. get into camp. Maybe I, I don't know. Seems like, uh, mm. and I mean this with all due respect. Seems like Amanda's getting to the end of the road, though. Just by yep. some of the, gonna, the way she say the way she. I don't want to say the way she acts, but the, the way that she is conducting her career right now does seem like a a, a lady that's. You know, she's only got a couple left in the chamber and she wants to make a matter. She's only 34. I just Googled her real quick. Well, mm-hmm. for some reason, I think it's because she's been around the sport she's forever. Been doing it forever, too. She's doing it forever. I just thought she was older than that. But let's, I'm scrolling down to a record. You gotta love Wikipedia. It's great. Yeah. It's, one, it's fast. one of my main tools for research. <laughs> uh, 22 and five had her first UFC fight in 2013. So 10 years in the UFC. Made her MMA de- debut 2008. So she's been in the sport 15 years now. Mm-hmm. So you got to think, because it, sometimes it's not about. That's wild. How- I, w- I made my debut in 08, my professional oh, really? debut, my pro debut in 08, and I, my first UFC fight was in 2013. And you've had about 50 fights, right? What's the record? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't even know. Oh! Oh, shit. Oh. What's up, dog? Champ. I feel like the we. Is here. I feel like I just talked to you. <laughs> I thought you want to just shimmy it over. There we go. There we go, brother. I thought we weren't going to get you today because I totally messed up. I thought you were coming coming on at 1 p.m. I was like, oh, we were talking about it before because I'm shit. I didn't even tell Brian to send you a link. My bad. I forgot. But thank you for being here. And congratulations. I mean, come on, everyone. Round of applause for Jamal Hill, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Let's go. I mean... I don't even know what to say. I mean, Jesus Christ, you're the champion of the world. Do you ever think you'd get there? Yeah. I mean, so I started this for, you know I mean? I started just to get to uh, to get to a world title. And, uh, yeah, man, it's still just crazy that that, I, that it actually happened. You know, I, um, it's, it's been hitting me a little bit more so today. It's been hitting me a little more today, just realizing, like, oh, shit. Okay. Champ. What uh, I know you had a crazy day yesterday in media. Feels like every time I was scrolling through Instagram, I seen you sitting on a, a camera somewhere with a different person. How's how's all that been? Just dealing with just the the obligations of that that champ life. Yeah, it's just been. Uh, it's kind of been like a like an extended fight week. 
kind mm-hmm. of, you know, like when you're uh, headlining in a big fight and you extend out, you just got more media coverage, especially like the pay-per-views. It's been like a nonstop, like pay-per-view fight week. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, because we were talking earlier on a direct message and you said, yeah, I've been doing so many interviews, yada, yada, yada. I said, yeah, welcome to champ life. Cause that's what it gets. Right. But I also said, but wait until the checks start rolling in, wait until the pay-per-view bonuses, wait until the sponsorship, the deals, all the appearances, brother, it's a pain in the ass. Yes. But cha-ching baby. Cha-ching. Some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's just go back to the fight, right? We all said, I picked you to win the fight. I thought you were going to catch him. I thought you were going to knock him out, right? Because you got that knockout power. Nobody, I don't know I said nobody. I'm sure you did and people in your team. But a lot of people, the general consensus wasn't that you would beat him systematically over five rounds. You would show ridiculously good takedown defense. If taken down and mounted, you would then reverse the situation. Nobody saw that coming. I mean, I don't really have a question at the end of it. It's more of a statement, but... I guess, I mean, what a what a performance, man. I mean, are you, I guess you're happy, but are you happy that you got to show it over five rounds and show the improved skill set that you have now? Uh, yeah, hindsight. I'm, I'm glad that I was able to give a a little bit more of a glimpse of the things that I can do and that I'm capable of. Um, but I think I'm, I'm capable of much more, you know, uh, better performance, you know, cleaner performance, things like that. So uh, yeah, that's what I'm hungry for now. Cause now uh, I'm 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 only fighting the best now, you know. And uh, I've always prided myself on rising to the level of, of the occasion. So now the occasion is the next best, is the highest level, dude. So I'm excited for that. Do you do you find yourself trying to figure out like anytime I fight and I you know I get a win, but maybe it was tougher than I wanted it to be or or, or a little bit harder? Do you find yourself like trying to figure out what you can change and better in your training camp. And if, and if you've done that, what, what are, what are some things you would have done differently leading into the Glover fight? Um, yeah, yeah, there are definitely things that I would have done if I had, uh, I would have liked to have had more time. I would have say probably more time. Yeah. Just more strength and conditioning, you know, there wasn't <sighs> a whole lot of time for strength and conditioning, like, like, like that, as far as building, like, muscle endurance and things like that for the simple fact that I had to make sure I was healthy, healthy enough, you know, uh, I actually sustained some injuries in the Santos fight that I had to come back for and recover from. And that's what, you know, took me so long to start the camp for, for what was supposed to be our fight. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I would have liked more time to just be more in shape and more ready. Uh, Jamal, I gotta say, brother, come on, give us a smile. You look like you've just been. You look. Like, you look like you've just been to a funeral. You're the light heavyweight champ of the goddamn world, man. I mean, this is incredible. It really is, and enjoy everything that's coming to you. How many UFC light heavyweight champs has there ever been? Is what I was just googling. There hasn't been many. Frank Shamrock, Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture, Vito Belfort, Chuck Liddell, Quinton Forrest, Richard Lyoto, Shogun Jones, Cormier. Jones, Blahovich, Glover, Yuri Prohaska, Jamal Hill. I mean, come on, man. Congratulations. It's just incredible. What have you been doing to celebrate? Um, I've just been chilling. You know, um, it's been it's been a camp was just like it came on so fast, so I had to jump right in and just be busy, 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 busy. So these last couple of days I I kind of just been chilling. I done had like a little bit of jet lag from being over in Brazil or whatever. 
and uh, flight back, you know, um, not sleeping all that well since I won, well, after I won the belt. So, you know, I, um, I just, I've just been trying to, trying to get just, that. Just, just let me jump in there, Anthony, because uh, I, I want to ask this. It just occurred to me. When I won it, when I got home, it still didn't feel real. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it took a while to set in. I remember that like, me and my wife sitting there and we're like, it doesn't feel real, but I guess it is because there's the belt. Right. Did you experience something similar? Yeah, it was kind of the same thing. Yeah, it just don't, it just don't feel real. It's like, yeah, I get it. And then like every, sometimes I think about it, like, yeah, I'm the champ. But it's like, I don't know. That, that explosive, like, like, like that one, just like Russell feeling it, just like, oh, I'm the champ. Like, I haven't really felt that yet. Do you think you will? Or do you think it'll just slowly set in over time? I think it'll probably slowly set in over time. I think it's probably one of those things that just slowly set in over time. I think maybe once you settle into just your regular day-to-day and it's not like media and, excuse me, and family members and friends and everybody wanting to see you and talk to you and, and catch up, I, I I would guess it'll probably set in after that because I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. You look tired. Look like you've been. You do you've look been, tired. You, you look. Like you've been you, look like, you look. I don't mean. I'm not saying you look like shit. You yeah, just look no, like you've been working. You, you look, and I get it. Like you would rather be any place in the world, but on this podcast, right? <laughs> and I get it. Oh, like, you've been on three times recently. Nah, You're like fucking was, these guys again. Nah, Leave me alone, bro. Nah, bro. Y'all my guys, bro. I always like talking to y'all coming on. It's, it's always a good talk. Uh, you were, uh, I, sorry, my bad, Mike. You were, you were no, talking no, no, about no, no, my bad. Kind of having some champion type of obligations you got to do. Like the, you got invited to the Super Bowl, and you're and you're going to you're going to go spend some time in L.A. You got an extra Super Bowl ticket, or am I just asked out <laughs> over here? Look, look, look! I, I got a Super Bowl ticket. I was, I think I just, I'm just going out for like the, the experience of the week, you know, and you yeah. uh, like talk to some people in the media and things like that but uh that's good for you it's good timing to go do that type of shit when you know it's one of the biggest sporting events in the world that's uh, get in front of some fucking cameras that's a great idea i love that i'm looking forward to it you know i've I'm, I'm never watched it i've never well we, we talked about it i never went to a nfl game or an nba game or nothing like that so uh yes yeah, i'm gonna end up having to get out to one of those you know uh but if it's, if it's my poor pick, I'm, you know, I got to go see my Lions live first. Right. Let's talk about Glover real quick. I mean, obviously, I, I, I think I speak on behalf of everybody in the MMA community. Everybody loves Glover, right? The man is a class act and he's a warrior inside the octagon. After Brandon Moreno got pelted with bottles on his way out, and then he gets on the microphone and speaks to the Brazilian crowd, and I forget the exact words, it's something along the lines of, hey, don't do that shit here, and I'm gonna walk Jamal out. I mean, what a guy! Yeah, yeah. He told me to wait. He was like, "You walk out with me." You know, so we did that, and that was it. That was an honor to share his last walk with him too. Yeah, and then to be, you know, what I mean, making sure I was getting out good, and, you know, what I mean, and, and respectfully and things like that. So yeah, that was awesome. You fucked him up pretty good, though. He was a mess <laughs> back at the hotel, bro. Not that I was there, yeah. but I've seen the pictures online. Poor guy. Yeah, he was he was looking pretty rough. He was looking pretty rough at the hotel. It's just part of the business. It's part of you know what? I didn't feel that bad for him because he did that same shit to me. <laughs> <laughs> part of the job. Part of the job. Hey, you uh, 
you know, we, we were, you know, I was listening to like, I heard, I listened to you on Ariel and then I listened to Yuri because I was just curious, kind of like what each one of you guys were going to have to say. And it sounded like both you guys are willing to wait, you know, until the, until summer international fight week time, or it seems like a long time though. It does seem like a, a long time to wait. And, dude, I get it. It's pay-per-view points. Yuri's a big star uh, that, you know, that's big money. That's huge opportunity. That's the former champion, you know, that didn't lose it. I, there's a good storyline there. Um, you don't seem like the wanting to wait type of person, though. Mm, not really, but um, I I also have, like, you know what I mean? I got the fracture to my nose and things like that. And then to get the type of camp that I want, I think July is actually a pretty – pretty decent time, personally, pretty decent time, especially like right on top with the schedule that I've been having, you know? So, uh, I actually would be willing to wait for that, but you know, if, a, if, a, if, a, if another challenge pops up, you know what I mean? And it's ready to go. It is what it is. I'm down. In, international fight week. That's a big one. That's a big mm-hmm. one. Of course you take a cut of that stuff these days. Um, after the fight, Jamal, you were overcome with emotion. And it, it was beautiful to see, you know, the journey that you've been on. And I'm sorry to bring up uh, monetary stuff again, because it's not all about money. It's not. But what were you doing for work prior to be to fighting professionally for a living? What did you used to do? Uh, I worked in a factory. Uh, the, last, the, most, the last factory that I worked in, I, um, I built crates. Like yep. Big-ass crates, like about 24-foot like crates for, like, for shipping like uh, sign parts, Big and I, I did similar stuff. I'm sure Anthony did. A lot of fighters come mm-hmm. from similar backgrounds. I remember when I decided I was going to become a professional fighter, and like a dickhead, I, I was all excited about it. I was telling people, "Here's what I'm going to do." And I know for a fact people were talking shit behind my back. I know even my own friends because some better friends, if you will, were telling me, oh, they were talking shit back at the house the other night, having a few beers, laughing and saying, what is he doing? I guess, did you experience anything like that? And I always say, well, that's all well and good because look, you've got the last laugh. I mean, not about your friends, but the journey that you've been on. I'm assuming you had doubters and haters, for want of a better word, along the way. Yeah, I've had them. I've had had both. But uh, as far as like people that are like fake to my face or like anybody who, who knew me, like, even from like my first amateur fight, I had my first amateur fight was, well, it was March 6, 2010. So I had a, I had an amateur career, like where there was actually a sample size to where you could see anybody that saw me fought knew that I could, you know what I mean? Knew that I was really good. So I didn't really have much of, much of that. It's anything like older people, like, um, yeah, they just didn't understand. Yeah. Um, I'm figuring out the uh, the last couple of days with some of your media. Obviously, I had you on the, my Sirius XM show too, but I'm not the only guy in the light heavyweight division that's super petty. And go, <laughs> <laughs> Where's this go, going? Well, <clears throat> Mike, I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of times where I'll save screenshots of people talking shit to me on Twitter, and then after I go win, I'll send the screenshots back to them. So I'll be sitting in the hotel oh, nice. – like during COVID days, I'd fight. Like I think I fought Devin Clark or something. And then I went back in the hotel. I spent like two hours sending all the shit talking screenshots back to people on Twitter. So, um, you know, I've heard you've just told some stories about just some of the petty stuff and remembering shit. Did you get to 
you get to most of the people you wanted to get to and and what what was like your i don't know the funnest i need i don't know the funnest interaction or the funnest like who did you look forward to kind of rubbing in their face a little bit i haven't gotten to it yet i was hey that's funny that you said that because i was just gonna get around to that soon you know, and I already went through like uh, you know the most of the aftermath and like kind of like the things that happen after. Now nah, I'm, I'm headed. Don't worry, it's coming. I'm coming to the before it's all the oh I don't see how he beats Glover. He doesn't have a chance. Oh, if Glover gets you down, he's gonna strangle you. Your ground game's whack. All of this. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I remember. Don't worry. I get around to them. Yeah, they just had some layers of other stuff that was dumped on top of them, and I'm digging through the trash. <laughs> well, of course, now you're the man on top of the mountain, right? And everybody that fights in the light heavyweight division wants what you have. You know, in some ways, you have a target on your back. You're publicly, public enemy number one, whatever you want to call it. You're the man they want to take down. Um, who is going to be next? I mean, obviously, I love the stuff back and forth with you and Yuri this week. Do you think that's going to be likely as your next opponent? And failing that, who do you think? I don't know, cause I I don't know I don't know his like like his situation or anything like that. I like to have some figured out by, by at least like you know what I mean April, you know if seeing like if if he can, if he can, if he can make that back for that international fight week. If not that, then somebody else see who's next. Um, I I I don't I don't get the feeling that they like they're like really feeling like the whole Magomed or or, or Leon between those two. So. I don't know, maybe they fight again, they fight they wait, fight somebody else. Um, I don't know, uh I don't know the situation as far as like with Anthony and things like that. So I think I think maybe I might I might be stuck waiting anyway, the way that I figure it, because a couple fights are gonna have to play out first, I believe. I'm going to jump in real quick there, Anthony. Sorry, it should be your turn. We were talking earlier on the show, as I say, you you're the champion. And out of nothing but respect, of course, Anthony wants to fight you, if and when, and I hope it does come down to that, boys, and I know it might be a little weird for you, but it's all business when it's all said and done. I mean, I mean I've already answered my own question, but would that be a little, not, not weird, but yeah, would it be a little weird? Uh, I don't think so. Nah, because it's, it's just business, you know? I think we look at it the same way as just business. And I know after I, us... In period outside of outside of us fighting each other and me wanting to win, I want nothing but the best for him. You know what I mean? And if the best thing for him and his family is to fight me, then yeah, I'll give him. We we can do that. And then afterwards, we walk out, we have a drink, and chill his brother. We talk about mm-hmm. it and this on it. We do the same shit. I mean, it's it's, and we and Mike and I were talking earlier, and it was essentially like I kind of said the same thing. I feel like Jan and. Magomed are going to have to fight somebody again. They're going to have to do something. And uh, Rakic is coming off of a loss and and kind of banged up a little bit. Glover's out. Like, I think one of us has to fight and stand above everybody else. I think that's what it comes down to, you know? So, And they don't want to see Blahovic and Jan again. I think you and Jan will be a good fight. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I it, I just think that someone's got to someone's got to make a move, and they got to stand above everybody else. Um, it, it doesn't matter to me. I'll I'll fight anybody. I don't give a shit. Doesn't matter to me. Fucking okay, a. Exactly. Okay, That's the business. A. That's what we're doing. Obviously, uh, John Jones was the man forever, and he's still the man in many ways to a lot of people. He's making his heavyweight debut. 
when you become the champion, and I know this is you're just focusing on right now, and you just won the belt. But does does you know if you were to continue winning fights and defending the belt, would that be someone that you would be interested in coming back down to light heavyweight and having a go at what people call the goat? Yeah, thousand percent, thousand percent. I want to eventually build to a fight against John. Um, that's what I. That was that he's the ultimate test. You know, um, he's he's he's. He was from 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 the time that I that I came and decided, all right, I'm I'm gonna make this run. And you know, it, at first when it first started, it was Anderson Silva. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the man. You know, it was 2010 and things like that. But then after it kind of like he had his injury and things like that, I I kind of fell off from the sport. Like that's why another reason I started working and things like that. And I didn't really see the money in it and all of that. Then Connor happened, and then it's like, all right, but. Connor got that because he had Aldo, who's been undefeated for 10 years. He had somebody to chase. I needed somebody to chase. And this whole time I've been chasing John. Mm, I love it. Just that fight. Speaking of, like, this reminded me of, I was thinking about John and legacy stuff and legend status. It's kind of the last one for me. Are you surprised to see Pereira kind of coming out of nowhere, kind of popping off a little bit and just, just like almost and i get it i get the prayer thing i understand it a little bit because of he just i mean he had to sit kate side and watch you beat the shit out of his mentor so i i, I kind of understand you know his maybe irritation and maybe he's seen something somewhere where you said that you would knock him out but yeah, we yeah. talked about this earlier on the show were you you what do you think about that are you a little bit like you kind of like you know maybe mind your own business and worry about your own division for a little bit or are you just like fuck it come on if you're coming I don't give a fuck, bro. They want to put him in front of me. And, you know what I mean? We we go ahead and make a bag for me to see. So let him see what's up. I'm good with that. I don't care. Like, I'm I'm really, I, like, I already, I made my dream come true. Now it's about showing motherfuckers what's up. You know, like, I want, I want, I want people to really think and really, really have long, late nights that they should have thinking about fighting me whenever they sign on to fight me. You know, um, it's, it's about it's about establishing myself and really invoking fear. How old are you, Jamal? I'm 31. 31. 31. So you got a long career ahead of you. So listen, we'll, we'll let you go because I'm sure you've been doing the rounds and talking to everybody. And the last thing you want to do is this. But just you got a target on your back, man. This is an amazing achievement. You know, it's an incredible time in your life that you'll remember forever. You know, and you have such an opportunity now to make a difference to your family's life, to your life. You'll be remembered. You'll go down. You're in in the history books, man. And with that comes a tremendous amount of earning potential, but comes a lot of pressure as well. And now every motherfucker on the planet wants you. You're taking on the number one guy next time. So go out. Don't get fucking uh, sloppy. You know, keep training hard. And I know you ain't going to do that. But you, you now you're fighting the number one contender every time that scraped and clawed their way to the fucking top. So you've done it. It's incredible, right? All the best with the future. Enjoy this moment, though. You got to fucking enjoy this moment. Oh, so I was going to let you go. But our little understudy, understudy Hamilton has something to say, apparently. Uh, well, yeah, man, I uh, I wanted to wish you good luck for your next fight, and I'm glad I got to. Uh, just real quick before we go, uh, I have a message here uh, from another fighter on the roster for it. Oh. My brother Jamal, just wanted to wish you a huge congratulations, bro. That was the most epic thing I ever watched. Amazing performance. You're the best 205 pounder in the world right now. I don't care 
Haters are going to hate, doubters are going to doubt, and you're just going to keep on winning, bro. Congrats and new. That's awesome. Yeah, That's awesome, bro. That's my bro. You know what I mean? Well, um, the Lyle's had my back since day one. You know, even before I even, like, really fully knew who he was, you know, um, he was just supporting, supporting. I'm like, ah, damn. I'm like, who is this? You know, and then, like, from there, bro, we just, like, you know what I mean? We've been locked in. And now we built a we built a really great uh, relationship. Uh, same thing for you, Amber. I appreciate you. I appreciate um, appreciate you answering that call when I called and I reached out. You know what I mean? And answering it in the way that you did and was was there like you were, because you. I mean, like a lot of people could have went the other way. You know what I mean? You'd have been right to tell me now. Nah, I feel like doing that or anything. You know, you know what I mean? Whatever, bro. But uh, yeah, bro. I appreciate that, bro. You helped make my dream come true, bro. Nah. I'll never forget that, bro. And uh, I always, bro, you, already, you already know, bro. Oh, yeah. No, I appreciate that, man. And you're welcome, bro. Just like I told you and I told your coach, uh, Chad, like, and in in the words of Brian Butler, when he's telling you all the time not to don't go do rapper shit now that you're the world champion. <laughs> Just a little bit, bro. Just a little bit. Go do What's some rapper shit. <laughs> no. Did you buy yourself a new watch? Is that a new watch you got on there? No, he's, he's a, look, no. I'm not doing rapper shit. I'm not doing rapper shit. Do a, do a little bit of rapper shit. Like you, you gotta go out, treat yourself. Party I, I a little bit. Wearing, buy some a little bit nice. You know, Mike. I, when I was there training, I walked out and I walked outside and I was like looking around at all the cars in the parking lot. And I was like, which car does Jamal Hill drive? And I'm not gonna say the kind of car he drives out loud, but it's it's a it's it's a very nice vehicle, but it's not like it's very it's humble. A car. What? It's not a champ car. No, no, he's, he, it's it's a, it's it. a it's a nice dad mobile. You know what I mean? Like it's not, <laughs> you know, like he can fit some kids in there and shit. But it's not it's not a van or anything. But it, it fit his kids. You got to do a little bit of rapper shit. Just a little. You earn that shit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, you you got to reap the benefits of the spoils, of course. But mm-hmm. when I became champ, and my mate owns a dealership, he has all fancy cars out of my pay range. I went down there. I was looking for something new to upgrade. I, said, I got this Maserati here, Quadruporti GTS, all customed out. And he sold me. He's like, "This is what I was asking for it, and I'll sell it to you for what I paid for it. You could drive it for two years and still sell it for more than what you pay." I'm like. It's an investment. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Bought it cash. Right when I took it back, he offered me uh, next to nothing for it. So, so <laughs> yeah, enjoy, enjoy it, but don't waste it, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, I'm gonna make, right. money, make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen. Th- thanks again for joining us. I know you've been in, in hot demand this week, so Jamal, appreciate it one last time. Congratulations and everything. Looking forward to the future, and that's about it, man. All the best. Thank you, fellas. I appreciate thanks, you. Brother. Stay in touch, man. For sure, hundred percent. Nice, nice, good. I'm glad he got to join us. Yeah, really that awesome. was beautiful to see between you two as well, Anthony. Yeah, he's dude. He's a good dude. He really is. We'll fight when yeah. we got to fight, but he he's a good dude, man. He that's one of those guys. You're like, I'm glad I met that guy. I'm glad that like yeah. I'm glad we're friends. You know, like I'm glad mm-hmm. that fight fighting bullshit aside, that's just a good dude to just have in your life. He's a good dude. Yeah, certainly seems like it. And and again, that show of emotion afterwards. I know some dickheads. Well, what's he crying for? Well, I'll tell you what, when you come from a tough background mm-hmm. and then you get involved in the toughest sport on planet Earth and you get all the way to the top of the mountain and you've had, you know, with an no almost zero percentage likelihood of being successful. Correct. Like 
the chances of coming from the places that like the three of us came from to ending up being successful, even enough to make a living fighting, let alone winning a world championship are almost fucking zero. Yeah, almost exactly as close to zero as you can be without being zero. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know it really is. So that's why it was such a beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll do a question or two and then we'll get out of here. Thanks yeah. again to Jamal for showing up there. <clears throat> again, he Excuse looked me. so tired though. He, could be he, did. he looks tired. I, re- I remember I'll tell a quick story now. Uh, when I um, won the belt, they sent me on like a mini world tour, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I had to go all over the fucking place. And the final stop was New York. And uh, in New York, then we do a bunch of press and all the rest of it. And then we're doing a, a photo shoot for the cover of Muscle and Fitness magazine or something like that. Well, I was hitting the town pretty hard. Do you know what I mean? So I was, and when I got to New York, I did the first day of media that was on the schedule. And then I went out and I was in a nightclub. I was with Leonardo DiCaprio for crying out loud. I'm like, this champ shit's amazing. Anyway, the next day I wake up. And to be fair, it had been a monumental trip, a lot of traveling, a lot of burning the candle at both ends, late nights, early starts, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was kind of sick, very hungover. Uh, and I bailed on everything. I bailed and I said, like, no, I'm not doing it. I got going home. Dana, Dana was on the phone. He's like, what the fuck? What the fuck, Mike? He said, we're spending all this money flying you around. I'm like, Dana, I'm sick. I'm sick. He's like, oh, so you weren't just drinking a cocktail led by the pool at the hotel? Because you were fucking seen. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, is, it is a whirlwind. So that's what you've got to look forward to, Anthony. And Jamal, thank you very much once again. Uh, Brian, we'll do two questions. Then we'll get out of here because Anthony and myself, I got to get to a meeting. So, yeah, what we got, Bry? All right. So, uh, first question here is from. Oh man, I'm not going to pronounce this guy's name. He says it though. Hold on, pause it, pause it, pause it. <laughs> what the fuck is this? It looks like a chubby Jorge Masvidal with a wig on. I'm back up to the start. Hello, BOM crew. My name is Milutin. I'm from Serbia. And my question for you, for these three experienced fighters here, is why don't more fighters try some spinny, uncommon moves in their fights? Like, you know, let's try it and maybe it works this time. So, yeah, that was my question. Enjoying the show. Bye-bye. Well, listen, thank you very much for your question. I really appreciate this. But, you know, in future, speak up a little bit because I have headphones on. I turn volume on 100%. Still cannot hear you. Audio listeners are like freaking out right now. What was the question? Why don't you throw more spinning stuff? Yeah. Because it's dangerous. And some people suck at it. I criticized Yair Rodriguez back in the day when he fought, what's he called? Bruce Leroy. What's his Mm -hmm. name? Andre Um, Feely? No, not Andre Feely. Bruce Leroy. What's he called? Alex Alex Caceres. Fight. It was a main <laughs> event on Fox. And there was a lot of spinning around from both men because they've both got elaborate styles. And mm-hmm. and obviously, yeah, Rodriguez is fighting for the interim belt. Incredible fighter. But that one fight, and I was doing the post-fight analysis, I was saying, it's all well and good throwing ridiculous amounts of spinning stuff all the time, which is great. But you can't use them too much. You can't make that a fundamental part of your game. You have to have fundamentals you got to have jabs mm-hmm. one twos and those kind of moves they're sacrifice moves because if you spin and you miss you're giving up your back look at chris wyman against luke rockhold perfect example yeah. anytime you present your back it's dangerous they're great to to use the element of surprise is always good but you can't be spinning around like bloody sonic the hedgehog or the tasmanian devil 
No, totally agree. It's just, it, it doesn't fit some guy's styles. You know, it's just, I'm not, I'm not a big spinner because it just, it doesn't fit my style and the way that I move. And, and it doesn't fit real well into the, the diversity of, of strikes that I throw. It just doesn't fit my game. It doesn't fit your game. And this podcast doesn't fit me anymore. Guys, I got to go. We said two questions. Can't do two questions. Literally got a very, 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 very important meeting that I'm going to be late for. I haven't eaten a goddamn thing all day. Mike, get, doing the, this. Mike get out of here. You got I've shit to do. Fasting, bro. You got I've got to, to go. I'm late. You got to go. You got to go. In the comments, oh, Bisping's got to go. He's always got to, he's always distracted. Guys, I asked to stay late. I was like, listen, we can do three hour podcast. We'll get it done. They, the, the believers deserve it. But Mike said, no, fuck them. We do. I did say that. And I will say this because they're always like, oh, he's always looking at the computer or whatever. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pull back the curtain as Louis J. Gomez used to say, right? Either side of me, I have two monitors in front of me. I have a proper camera. It's not a webcam. It's not on top of the monitor. So when mm-hmm. I'm looking at Anthony now, I'm looking at you. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it's on that monitor. I'm looking at you, but mm-hmm. it looks like I'm looking away. Cause if I stare now, now it looks like I'm looking, but I can't right. see you. Do you right. know when I do that? Then that's then what I'm that's what I'm doing too because I have this huge monitor and the like the camera is above it like it's it's not a webcam it's just a camera that sits on that like I have lifted up behind it. Yeah. So like when I'm looking at you I'm I don't I'm looking at you but then when I'm looking at the camera so it's like and then I'm looking at the other side of the computer it's a like for, it's a, it's just hard Mike podcasting is fucking hard. Our life is so difficult. It's hard sitting here. Uh, guys, the believers, we love you loads. We'll be back on Monday with another great show. Thank you, Anthony Smith. Thank you to Jamal Hill, of course. Byron and Harrington in the background. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your weekends, guys. Yeah.